Hey everybody, it's me, Kobe, one part of the hosting squad, you know, from Retromania, the podcast you're about to listen to. Just wanted to let you know that this episode is an action-packed ear fill. Uh, It's extra long, three hours, so if you wanted to break it up into a day, two, or three, be my guest. But uh, there's a lot of moving parts in this 1997 storyline, so stick with us and get all the details right here at Retromania. Enjoy. (laughs) <laughs> you imagine him being your dad? Like... <laughs> I love you. Don't let the big buds bite. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to Retromania, a retrospective pro wrestling podcast where we romanticize, fantasize, watch, and review your favorite or not so favorite storylines, matches, events, feuds from your sports entertainment fandom. Um,. This is our regular season, The Origin of Attitude. Yes. Episode we're, 9. We're back. We're, yep. We're back and we're picking up right where we left off. And speaking of we, we are, uh, I am Kobe Nida. As always, I'm joined by... The other half of the hosting squad, Jimmy Price. Hosting squad, hot as hell, for, yeah. For, for, for life. I just got finished counting all those t-shirts. What are we up to? What are we, what are we down to? stole the fucking shirt. Crafty motherfucker! I, I knew he was me, gonna do it. Yeah. Took me a couple weeks because yeah. I had to start over. Well, there's yeah in the yeah. thousands, so you had to count each one individually. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're here in the origin of attitude, episode nine. This is uh, we're gonna be covering two twenty five of Raw, one night only, the special event from Birmingham, England, and then the follow up show two twenty six Raw. Yeah. Um, we're we're hot in the storyline right now. What's yeah. going on? The temperature's getting colder outside, and the storyline's getting hotter. Uh, <laughs> what is the origin of attitude? What are we doing here? The origin of attitude is the uh, the uh, time period of the the sort of incubator period for what would become uh, the attitude era. So we're following our four central uh, characters, individuals in this uh, story. We've got Bret Hart, the champion. He's been the man since '92. Uh, He's uh, going through a tumultuous period, uh, on screen and off, uh, between his boss and our, his boss Vince McMahon, who's our uh, second character. Mm-hmm. He's taking more of a role in front of the camera, and he's uh, in this uh, episode today. We're going to talk about really the moment where Mr. McMahon is is born. Yeah. Um, so things are about to get really crazy with him. And then Brett is also having issues uh, with his longtime uh, nemesis, Shawn Michaels, who is uh, going through some character changes as well and uh, some you know tumultuous personal uh, demons. Yeah. Uh, and then he got old Stone Cold. <laughs> oh, drink a bear for the worker, man. <laughs> Swig a natty bow. Yeah. Swig a gas station coffee. <laughs> Stone cold man, he's heating up. Yes, he is. And uh, even in his in his uh, not his absence, but uh, he's been on the shelf since the uh, neck injury we discussed at SummerSlam. Uh, they've kept him on TV. They kept him hot, and he's had a uh, sort of hit list that they make reference to. And so this far, he is uh, he stunned Jr. He stunned Sergeant Slaughter, and uh, maybe uh, working his way upward from there. Mm. We'll see. We'll find out on this episode. And if you want to follow up um, the rest of the storyline, the best way to do this is go back to episode one. You can listen to the prologue. It's more of a um, 
background of all these characters and everything that they've been through in their careers. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but we have episode one through eight up at moleholeradio.com, and that's our sponsor. Molehole Radio. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, we're proud to be on there with uh, some other fantastic uh, local podcasts, uh, some very talented, funny people. Yep. Uh, movie the podcast being uh, one of those. Yep, and then the other one that's actually from Chicago, the inept supervillains. I, I take back that statement. No, so we got a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Not just local. States, this yeah. is this is uh, yeah. This is. No, we got I, the Midwest, and then we got the East Coast. Yeah, over here. we're all. It's hey, it's one world. We're all in this together. Yep. And um, as always, you can reach us on Facebook, Retromania with a W. Yes. And then you can always write to us at retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. Please, somebody. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Are we, I mean, you're talking about that, that one uh, Czechoslovenian uh, girl who, who emailed us, right? Yeah. She said That's really legit. hot, horny boobs for sale. <laughs> <laughs> didn't make too much sense. She I didn't know. have anything to say about, about like the episodes. We're looking for like feedback. No. And- she sent a link though. I haven't checked out the match yet. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> um, you can always reach Jimmy on the Twitter at Jimmy underscore Price. Yep. Um, so we're we're here to talk to you guys. If you want to, if you want to be a damn guest or something, yeah, we well, can do that. We have we have bonus guest episodes yeah, now. Absolutely. Yeah, we've had a couple recently with uh, the great. Uh, Evan Cronenberg and Dan Nelson. Uh, so it's yeah, we're we're uh, hit us up. We'll yeah. we'll talk wrestling with anybody. Let's do it. I'll, I'm like a homeless man with a sign that says "We'll talk about wrestling." Yeah, talk to us. Yes. All right, so let's do this. Um, yeah. Like you said, everything's heating up here, and just some side notes that I noticed. Um, at the last event, we covered Ground Zero, and there was an interview with Shawn Michaels and Doc Hendricks from the free-for-all beforehand. Oh. And there was something going on in there where Shawn kept saying that he didn't need a piece of tin to be the main eventer, the showstopper. Ooh. And he started using that. Yeah. And started rolling with it. Yeah. And he he says that he stole that from Yokozuna intentionally, so... uh Wow, that's interesting. And that's a direct shot at Bret Hart. So we're getting these real shots going with these guys. Yeah, and if you ripped it off of Yokozuna, that is a slight against the uh, Bone Street crew, which yeah. was uh, the sort of like the anti-click uh, held with uh, Undertaker being a leader, Yoko on there, I believe, uh, Farouk, and, and a, f- a few of the other boys. Like badass motherfuckers like, yeah. who you don't want to mess with. Oh, yeah. That was the uh, the BSK. And they all, all the members... Uh, Got BSK tattoos. Yeah, real badass guys that play yeah. dominoes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's like, there's this Sean Michaels rubbing everybody the wrong way. Yeah. He's still this arrogant prick that, and he does it on purpose and he knows it and he actually states it in a couple of promos beforehand. He's yeah. just like, for the simple fact that I can exactly. and I like to. Yeah. There's like active speculation. I mean, like Dave Meltzer in the uh, Observer Newsletter is like actively speculating. Like maybe he's just doing this because he wants to get fired. Mm. He wants to get fired so he can go be with uh, Kevin Scott. Yeah, but there's a couple things. He's got all this money. Yeah. So if he gets suspended, he 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 might have gotten that money from the fan. 
Yeah. So he's got he's loaded. Uh, yeah. He he might not be able to get suspended and uh, like feel the feel the punishment. No. Yeah. No. He he is um, by all accounts pretty set at this point. I mean, a lot of it's you know being adjusted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, even with that, I think he he wasn't sweating any sort of uh, suspension or like serving out a uh, non compete clause if he had one at the time. Like he was, he, you know, he was he was uh, good to go. Yeah, and for a guy who is going through some dark times and uh, you know struggling with these demons and yeah, uh, apparently fucked up a lot. He is still hitting some really key words in his promos oh, yeah. um, from the Friday night's main event before. Uh, he says, I'm a survivor. Yeah. And he emphasizes survivor really, really hard there. Yeah. Then later, he talks about the upcoming Hell in the Cell match with Undertaker. And he says, Nobody's putting me in that coffin or when I put you in that coffin. Uh, Kind of foreshadowing a, a a later match that will happen with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels yeah. in the casket, yeah. and then he also said something else about being buried alive. Yeah, I, I, so I noticed like, that as well. Like pun pun very much intended. I think yeah. he's got a lot. He's got some creative writing yeah. going on there, and he's delivering it really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the other hand, Bret Hart is doing a hell of a job too. Yeah. But so is Vince in manipulating the strings and all of this. Absolutely. Um, and we'll see as we go along here. Um, let's hop into it. It's yeah. Raw 225 from Muncie, Indiana. Muncie. Yeah. The big, big city of Muncie. Yeah. September 15th, 1997. But before we do that, what what else is going on in the world at September 15th, 1997? Well, we still got them jams going on. Yeah, we still got still got Puff Daddy. Mm-hmm. That's mm. still, that's still um, in the top five. Ah. But the top song at this time is Elton John's Candle in the Wind. Still, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's a dedication to Princess Diana. Yeah. Past. And uh weird thing about just having Davy Boy's wife name Diana, Bret Hart's sister, yeah. name is Diana. Yeah, that was also like the relation to the UK. It's so weird. Yeah, I think I and I think I remember like getting mildly confused about that as a child because like, you know, the 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 coverage is all over about Princess Diana Diana and like, yeah, yeah, I I made that connection as well. And they bear like a passing resemblance as well. Um of course Diana uh Smith is Canadian, but yeah, it's right. sort of sort of weird. Yeah. Um I I I was as a child I related the two. Yeah. So I'm like me too. Yeah. You, you can't fuck with the the British family, the yeah. royal family, you know you know Davy Boy's royalty. Yeah, uh, of course. All that crack smoking that he does. <laughs> Um, as well as Jewel came out with Foolish Game. Yeah, meant for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, this was the time. Yeah, 
fresh out of living in her car. Mm-hmm. She's hitting it break. Yeah. She's hitting it big. And uh, Tony Braxton on Break My Heart, of course. She's a she's a local. She got discovered at a gas station singing. That's yeah. a cool story. That's that awesome. I always heard. Yeah. And I everybody always said Tony Braxton. You know she's from around here, right? Really, I I never knew that. Yeah. So represent. Maybe we can get Tony on the show. Maybe we can talk to her about what she was doing at this time, yeah. what she thinks about wrestling. I'm sure she She'll was loved. To talk she was her. keeping up with the product. I'm sure. Of course. Unbreak my back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Unbreak my heart by Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Unbreak my damn neck <laughs> by Stone Cold. Uh, movies at the time. Top movie that came out, uh, L.A. Confidential. Do you Ooh, know this one? I, I do know this one. This yeah. is a, this is good. And Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe, Guy Pierce. Mm, Love this one. Very good. Yeah, The Game. Do you know this? Movie? I I haven't seen it. I know of it, and I know it's uh it's an early uh, Fincher. Well, not not super early Fincher, but it's it's up there. I uh, haven't seen it. Have you? This is a uh, movie that I didn't like as a child, and I didn't go anywhere near. Mm-hmm. Um simply for the fact that Michael Douglas kind of scared me. Yeah, he's creepy. He intimidated me. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to be near this guy. I don't want to <laughs> see any of his roles. Then as I got older, I was like, you know what? I'm going to check this out. Loved it. Awesome movie, and I wish I would have watched it at the time. It's yeah. one of those where I was like, damn it, why didn't I do that? Yeah, I mean, some movies you're just not ready for yet. You are not. You need to like grow up and mature a little bit True. to appreciate. Um, Air Bud, right? Of course. Well, <laughs> Air Bud, you just keep... You keep uh, it keeps getting better with every watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a different kind That's actually of why I was a little bit later this evening. I was just, <laughs> sometimes I, I need a midweek just screening, just chill out, you know, curl Finish. up in the fetal position, watch Air Bud. So, <laughs> nice. sorry for the late start. <laughs> All right. So we're here. Muncie. Muncie. Hallowed yeah. ground. Um, we're going to go to the audio and it's a recap of Austin and what's been going on. Yes. I am immediately suspending Steve Austin and ordering him to forfeit his half of the tag team championship on the night of round zero. I don't know who you think you are telling me what I can and can't do. Why don't you drop down and give me 20, you big piece of trash. Steve, I'm sure the fans here would love to see you compete tonight. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. They're getting into it. They're flashing. They're leading up. Like, who's it going to be? Who's next? I mean, obviously, there's... We know now, watching back, but at the time as a kid, I'm like, who? Who? The hit list. And I'm sure, like, the general consensus, nobody expected what, you know, who was about to take the old stunner. I mean... Yeah. Well, maybe... I, I don't know. Looking back at this now, I think if you didn't know that... Uh, Vince was 
the owner, you'd be like, oh, that announcer guy, he's got to fucking get it next to True, That's yeah. That's kind of how I was as a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't appreciate the, the significance of it if you think he's just another announcer. It's like, well, he already got JR, so. Right. But uh, now, seeing it, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um. All right, so the first match that we have coming back after that little recap is Ken Shamrock out. And he's going to take on the Nation of Domination member, Farouk. Farouk. <laughs> the leader of the nation. Yeah, and they have their uh, their nice... It's a decent match, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's pretty quick. It, it's it's highlighting Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to, trying to get this guy going. And this is for the Intercontinental Title Tournament. Um, two minutes, 43 seconds. We get a belly-to-belly suplex. And then one, two, three, he's over. Uh, Ken Shamrock wins, and then immediately after, Farouk gives him a dominator, and the rest of the nation come down. That's yeah. The Rock, D'Lo, comma. Yep. yep. And, and it's at this point you see that Shamrock is bleeding from the mouth, which mm-hmm. would soon become a staple of his yeah. character. This is a little serious. But we'll see. Uh, they're beating down... The nation is beating down Shamrock and Legion of Doom come in for the save. All right. Nice. Then they kind of separate it up. And we get a look at the brackets. And it's going to be Shamrock against Owen, maybe? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, then backstage, Austin is just hanging out, leaning against the forklift. And Austin... T- Lawler tells Austin that Owen Hart has a big surprise for him tonight, and Austin could not give a a, a crap less. <laughs> Next match is Takamichinoku against El Pantera. Sorry, it's a uh, El Megadeth. El Megadeth. <laughs> I think you got your notes mixed up, Kobe. It's El Meg. Or wait, no, maybe it was uh, El Metallica. El Metallica. <clears throat> yeah, El, <clears throat> El Pantera. Sleep. <laughs> what is that? Okay. Um so CMLL welterweight champion. He was a former one. Nice, um, nice. Guess. Taka is looking great in this match though. We yeah. get um some good stuff going on in here. He's got a nice little signature springboard dive that he does. I yeah. love that. Yeah. It's pretty. Um some back and forth and then um, Michinoku stuns Pantera with a tornado DDT. We get a missile drop kick, and then that's enough to put Pantera down for a Michinoku driver. And one, two, three, he's over four minutes. Taka, yeah, Taka continuing to look strong here, and really like the only good thing they have going with this light heavyweight push. Yeah, this is a really great little fun match. You can watch this in four minutes and just be yeah happy as hell if you want to see a fun yeah match. they they do a good lucha thing. Uh, then we get the Truth Commission. Yeah. Jesus Christ. With the Commandant. Yeah. Is like nobody. I, I meant to do more research on the Commandant, but I couldn't find much on him. Uh, Appar- yeah. Apparently, he was like a le- legitimate. Uh, he's from South Africa. Okay. Um, and they brought him in, and he didn't stick around long because he had visa issues and had to go back to South Africa. Hmm. So I'm not sure history in the business, but uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of awkward. And then they end up getting. Uh, Don Callis to come in eventually, which was a much better fit. Yeah, I liked I liked that when yeah. he came in. Um, their whole outfit and get up just reminds, 
reminds me of now Colonel De Beers and like uh, yeah all the AWA shit. Yeah, totally. So the Truth Commission, they're this uh, faction, this militant South African faction. They're backstage and they will, they're going to prove that they're superior over everybody in the WWF. Second place does not count. And that's the truth. Wow. Nice. So we get the LOD out and they're going to go against Sniper and Recon. Okay. All right. (laughs) This is a nothing match. Uh, it's a doomsday device set up for recon, but the interrogator comes in to break it up for the pinfall and a DQ. So yeah, just trying to protect the inter- you know, keep the interrogator looking strong, and yeah, save them from taking a loss or whatever. It's it's not, you know. Yeah, like Kurgan the interrogator is this huge, massive yeah. dude that yeah. they're trying to look like a monster. So he wasn't wrestling, but he comes in and he. Lays the beat down, and they're trying to just, yeah, build this guy. Yeah. Huge monster. Vince likes big, big guys. I love him. Love him. Wow. Look at the, the size. Muscularity. The physique. Mm. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So the next part, uh, I would probably be flipping over to WCW. I yeah. probably would have been watching by now. Yeah, this this would not have uh, kept my attention for very long. It's another one of those Rawls that are just like yeah. lackluster. Yeah, this Raw overall is not not the most um, eventful, but no. uh, the the one after it makes up for it. Oh, yeah. So the next match is Max Mini and Mr. Lucky against El Torito and Perita Morgan. El Torito. All right, now this was September 15th, 1997. If anybody listening can give me the whereabouts of Danny DeVito... <laughs> On September 15th, 1997, and tell me that he was not in Muncie, Indiana, I will drop it. But I am still an adamant uh, El Torito, Danny DeVito, truther. Um, I'm just waiting to see see the evidence against it. I know you want me. (laughs) Sunny is out, and she's announcing this match. She's uh, annoying. It's the only reason to put her on TV. That's all they've got for her at this point. I mean... Uh, maybe she knows. Maybe she knows if it's Danny DeVito or not. Yeah. I bet we could Skype her and find out. <laughs> Ooh, let's do that. <laughs> maybe she'll want to talk about something. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just nothing compared to what we're used to with the cruiserweights. Um, this is like trying to match it, but it's not. It's not. Yeah, no. Like it, we said before, like Vince is always like, the midget division. That's the top. Yeah, like he's trying to somehow one-up the cruiserweights in a weird way by bringing in guys that are more noticeable in their lack of size because they're little people. Um, so, yeah, it's just they don't treat it with, like, the the people. I mean, the guys, to their credit, the guys that they bring in, they can go. I mean, they put on some pretty entertaining matches. Um, but, yeah, they're just not treating it with, like, the seriousness that would make it worth the time that they're spending. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, why, well, what, where were they going with this? What were they trying to accomplish other than to, like, you know, try to thumb, thumb in the eye to Just WCW? trying to monetize what somebody else is doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Swing yeah. and a miss. <clears throat> yeah, but they got the uh, capital to do that and at least make some type of profit off of it. True. So it doesn't matter. True. Um, El Torito misses a flying senton and then gets a headbutt from Max Mini. One, two, three, seven minutes. 
seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, but it was really fast. And yeah. It was a nice, energizing match, but like we said, not, nothing. Yeah. Nothing compared to what you see on WCW with like Psychosis, Rey Mysterio, Juventud, Dean Malenko, Chris uh, Jericho, I could go on and on, yeah. Super Calo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we get a video package and it airs and it's about Goldust, Pillman, and Marlena. It's bad people. It's all this stuff that's going on between them. And our next match is going to be the WWF Intercontinental Title Tournament quarterfinals. Dude Love against Brian Pillman. And Terry comes out with Brian Pillman. And <clears throat> Terry is in all black. This all leather yeah. black outfit. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Looks a little um I mean normal nowadays, I guess, but yeah. It's um it's a little skimpy for the times. And Goldust is barred from the arena. That's what we hear on commentary. The winner will face Owen Hart next week, live in Madison Square Garden. Ooh. Big show. Wow. Goldust, Dustin, runs in. Uh he's got like he's no no face paint at all. It's actually Dustin Rhodes. Yep. So this is the first time we see him in the ring. Yeah. Without the face paint. Yeah, we saw the the interview uh they did before the match at uh Ground Zero, but yeah, this is the first time, you know, in an in an actual ring. Yeah, he runs in the match and calls a disqualification as Dude Love was setting up for the sweet shin music. Um so Pillman advances and he runs off with Terry and we cut to a commercial. Really nothing there. Yeah. Uh, back from the commercial, and we recap what just happens, and we make sure to show the thong again riding up on Terry's ass. So she was walking up the ramp, and yeah. uh, her skirt goes up, and you see her thong, and then they cut to a commercial, come back, we play the replay, and they slow-mo that part again. Thanks, Very Kevin Dunn. Thanks. Very intentional. Thank you, Kevin, you buck-tooth <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so let's go to this uh, 49 minute mark on this episode overall. Mr. Owen Hart. We're going to 
get going harder. Let's go ahead and look at Jim Ross, a little sour puss right there on his face. You happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, and that's a crying shame. So you sit there with your little pathetic cowboy hat on, and I won't do it again. Far Sergeant Slaughter goes, he comes out here, this is an order, that's an order. You don't order Stone Cold around, I'll do what the hell I want, and can't nobody stop me. Vince McMahon sits over there, an arrogant piece of trash he is, and it's a damn good thing he ain't here tonight, because I damn sure would dump him flat on his head. <laughs> Owen Hart, you've got hell to pay, son. I started the ball rolling right now, all I'm doing is playing with you, because with a snap of my fingers, I can take your ass right out. And that's the bottom line. As a matter of fact, the whole damn Hart Foundation still has hell to pay as far as I'm concerned. Hey. Uh-oh! Why don't you people just shut up for a second and let us speak? You know, up in Canada, we got a name for people like you. We call them hosers. time to say that. Listen, Steve Austin, <laughs> the World Wrestling Federation can't put a stop to you and the crap you're trying to pull. But the Hart Foundation, we've had it up to here with you coming to the ring. You come in the ring every night with some kind of a weapon in your hands. We have had enough. So we are going to put a stop to it. Good job, sir. I want you to listen up, Austin. For once, we have taken the American justice system and used it to our advantage. Because what you are about to be served with is called a TRO. And in layman's terms, that's a temporary restraining order. And what that means is you cannot come within 100 feet of me. And if you do, your ass is going behind bars. Exactly where an animal, an animal like you belongs behind bars, son. I can't believe that they have served a restraining order from Owen Hart to Steve Austin. A restraining order that's filed with legal, that's filed in a court of law. That says that you cannot come within a hundred feet. What kind of a deal is this? You can't put up with that stone cold. You gotta put the stunner. Oh Waller just got it. Waller just got the stunner. And there goes the crown. The king is down. The rattlesnake has struck again. Arena. That's what we gotta think about. But folks, 
So King King takes the stunner, and uh, you'll see going forward that sort of changes his opinion of Old Stone Cold because he's very uh, very much on his side in that promo that he cut. Uh, but it's amazing what a stunner will do to uh, adjust your attitude. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Uh, he, he's got everybody now, like we said. It, yeah, this is all the announcers except the one. One. Um, real quick, I almost forgot. There's something at the end of this clip. Um, oh, Jr. is talking about the Patriot and Owen match, and then we just get some black screen, and we still get the audio from Jr. But we the, who who was they? Who was they? Little messed up. Yeah. We'll check it. Still to come. Will the rich get richer when the Hart Foundation beats the headbangers for tag? Interesting. So, Kobe, who is they? I don't know. Who are they? Who's they? Who is they? Everybody always says that. They say, who's yeah. they? Who's they? Who's they? And JR is asking the same thing. And I think we heard Jerry laughing. Yeah. Uh, giggling some. Yeah, just uh, <clears throat> left on mic there. But yeah, so the way if you're just sitting back watching this episode at home on the WWE Network, it's Which kinda, I was very late at night yeah. and kind of stoned and a little drunk and yeah. I'm taking notes. And then <laughs> it's just creepy. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, who is that? I'm like, yeah, who is that? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Damn bastards. The bastards. <laughs> kind of such a, such a down wormhole. I was hole. just like, wait, did yeah. I just like hack into Raw and <laughs> Warzone and get to see all the feed that nobody else has <laughs> ever heard or something? <laughs> You're now in the Warzone, Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't do that. Don't watch old wrestling really drunk and high. I, I disagree. <laughs> I think you should go for it. Um, Cornette is out. He's on commentary with Ross now. Thank God. And Yeah. He's got some nice words. Like, why didn't you go in there and help him? <laughs> um, we recap what just ca- happened with Austin. And then we have the Patriot come out. And JR wonders if Austin will honor the restraining order. Because uh, Owen is out next. Yeah. And this is another... Match uh, for these guys. One more in the bank. Yeah, Owen and the Patriot. Yeah. Armbar. Beautiful. Um, a beautiful missile drop kick from Owen. Then we get Cornette uh, says it almost knocked the Patriot's mask off. And he said, but that doesn't matter anyway. We already saw it off on the promo before. <laughs> He's talking about ground zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's pretty good. Still, yeah, still taking shots at the product. I love it, even when he's working for him. Mm-hmm. Owen gets distracted when he sees Austin at the top of the ramp, and then police and security are behind him, and we cut to a commercial. 
Uh oh, yeah. what's gonna happen? Then we get another instance where we get the black screen again. Yeah. It's just JR clearing his throat. And at JR. this point I was like, man, this is like a episode that they just like, did not edit right. Is JR Major Briggs from Twin Peaks? Like <laughs> Blue Rose. Blue Rose. Oh God. <laughs> I think we just cracked it. Yeah. Um he knew everything that was going on with this whole storyline. Yeah, totally. Mo- Montreal. <laughs> Shit. Who was they? Earl Hebner is the yeah. one. <laughs> um JR's clearing his throat and stuff, yeah. But we get we come back from commercial and security is shown with Austin gone. Um they walk him out of the building. Yeah. So taken care of. And they've got they've got the entranceway covered, so I mean it's not like he could reach the ring any other way. No, no. He would have to go directly through Gorilla out the entrance and they've got that one entranceway covered, so we're good to go. Good good police tactics. Yeah. yeah. Smart. Jimmy you should be a cop. I should. <laughs> I should. <laughs> Owen goes for a pile driver. The Patriot reverses it. Owen goes up and is against the ropes for a spinning wheel hit kick. Um one, two, no. Owen Hart and a cover and a near fall. Um with intensity from JR, he says, Owen Hart with a color in a nail! He's like, he's into it. Yeah. Uh, he has a cold, but he's still he's still better than Vince. Yeah, you know? he, he almost gets better, like, as his voice fades, like, he, his commentary gets even better. It's like, yeah. it's like the equivalent of, like, Kurt Angle or Jerry Lawler pulling the straps down. Oh, yeah. yeah and Cornette even says, Is that residual esophagus damage from the stunner? <laughs> Um, Owen gets uh, the sternum first into the buckle. He does the Brett spot. Yeah. It's nice. Then we get a kind of a side of Olympic slam from the Patriot uh, to Owen. Patriot powers up with a big boot, shoulder block, and then a delay because Owen didn't get up. Uh, kind of miscommunication between these guys. Then we get two clotheslines and the crowd pops. And Owen blocks a back suplex with a thumb to the eye, then runs against the ropes and gets a power slam from the Patriot for his troubles. Uh, JR sells it like death. He's like, a power slam! My God! (laughs) Who's that? (laughs) One, two, down for two and a half. Huge Patriot missile from the top rope. Uh, one, two, kick out again. And then Austin is out tearing up the restraining order and Owen gets distracted. Patriot rolls up Owen. One, two, three. That's it. Owen orders the cops to arrest Austin, but Austin goes into the crowd and he's laughing. Yeah. Yeah. We have to cut to a commercial. The crowd loves this, by the way. Yeah. Huge, huge pops. Yeah. Back from commercial, we get a recap of what happened again. Back and the cops are looking for Stone Cold around the building. Where could he be? Mr. Stone Cold, Stone Cold. Yeah. Good police work. Good luck. Like I said, yeah. Jimmy, you're doing a great job out there. Thank you. And then, oh my God, let's go to this audio. John Michaels, I'm sure a lot of folks are wondering how many problems that you can handle. Last week here on Raw... Brent Owen, the occupy with Stone Cold in the back. 
You and Hunter Hurst took it upon yourself to attack the British Bulldog. Problem after problem. What was your motivation for attacking the Bulldog here last week? Well, the fact of the matter is, I have done everything that there is to do here in the World Wrestling Federation, except for one thing. And that's to be the European champion. So I decided to take it upon myself to go ahead and be the first man in World Wrestling Federation history to ever hold all four titles here in the World Wrestling Federation. Okay. Moving on to Bad Blood in St. Louis. It is October the 5th. St. Louis, Missouri, you will meet The Undertaker, Sean. Hell in the cell. And some may speculate that that could be your very last contest in the WWF with a man from the dark side. Oh, really? You know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Now, maybe I am a desperate man, but this is the way I see it. The powers to be here in the World Wrestling Federation, that's who I think is the cause of all this. Because how did it start? When the World Wrestling Federation begged and pleaded that I be a guest referee. So what did I do? I did that, and I did one hell of a job. And how did I get rewarded? I got rewarded by being stuck in a match with The Undertaker. And then I went out there and gave the fans of the World Wrestling Federation the best match on that pay-per-view because, well, I can, and that's what I do. So then how did I get rewarded for that? Well, I'm going to tell you. I got awarded by being stuck in a cell with death itself. A steel cage with a top on it. One way in, one way out. First time ever in the World Wrestling Federation. So who gets it? I do. Why? Because I'm the man and I can. And now everybody thinks this is going to be the demise of Shawn Michaels. Well, let's just say, for argument's sake, that it was going to be the death of Shawn Michaels. Well, I got news for you. I told you once, and I've told you a thousand times, if I go down, I'm bringing everybody with me, and I'm going out in a blaze of glory. So Undertaker, and hell in the cell, you, me, and everybody that's a part of the World Wrestling Federation, is going down to the depths of hell. Hello, boy.
to my own personal hell. And oh, what sights I have to show you. I can still taste the blood, Shawn Michaels. And now, we're put in a cage. There is no escape. There's no place to run. Two men enter. Only the Undertaker leaves. With your soul. You can't run. Nobody can come help you, Sean. The end is at hand. And you will pay. And pay dearly. Sean Michaels. Hell in the cell. Bad blood. Call it whatever you will. It will be your final resting place. Undertaker, I made you taste your blood once. And in hell in the cell, you had better have liked the taste of it because I guarantee you, you are gonna taste it again! Alright, interesting stuff there. Shawn Michaels posing and everything. Yeah, this is, is this the infamous uh, sock in the shorts? Well, alright, so here's the thing. That incident was filmed and it was cut. Because of Raw were still pre-tapes. Right, right. So in Shawn Michaels' book, he references he was dared by no other than Crush. Of course it was Crush. He said, I dare you to go out there looking like you do because backstage he had an ace bandage rolled up and stuffed (laughs) it into his crotch, making it look like his dick. (laughs) And... For some reason, I feel like I had seen that, though. Like, I feel like I saw that live, and then it was post-edited. Maybe I'm just thinking of this incident, because it's just... Shawn Michaels... uh, uh, Sorry. Shawn Michaels is out with biker shorts, nothing else, and boots. Yeah. Just because... Why? Because he can. The simple fact that I can, Jack! Yeah, WHBK News. They got <laughs> WHBK. They got news for you, Jack. <laughs> it's the the leading uh, the leading place in San Antonio yeah. that does news coverage. Hell it's yeah. all just Shawn Michaels stuff. Yeah. Well, you know. Now, now for some analysis. Yeah. Shawn Michaels. Why is this happening? Well, Jack, I can tell you, I'm geared up. Um, but yeah, this is the incident where he wore that backstage just to fuck with the guys or the boys. Well, I mean, we'll read it in the book, um, of Bret Hart. We're going to read some stuff here. Um, it's more or less, he's talking about a couple times where he just comes there and Brett's, I mean, Sean is already fucked up. So, Like I know with wrestling, um, our event is about at 8 or 9 o'clock. You get there around 2 or 12 and then start going over stuff with production and uh, running through. And you might have a couple beers. You might do your 
whatever you're yeah. you're into in your own time if you're into that at your own time and uh, apparently Sean just got out of hand a lot at yeah. the time yeah. and uh, this is what he was known for but he was still a great athlete yeah when it was time to go he could he could yeah flip that switch yeah. but uh, a so lot, lot of the, issues yeah so for the sheer fact of annoying everybody he stuffs an ace bandage in his biker shorts and Crush says a day to go out down there like that. And he says, I never, I never back down from a dare. Jack. Of course. I mean, totally yeah. 90s douchebag. Because he can. Do you double dog dare me? <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things. And uh, yeah, so Shawn Michaels went out there and did it. And it was perceived very poorly backstage by everybody. Yeah. And Vince had some words for Sean. He was like, you have this attitude. And this is where the attitude came to light in Vince Russo's book. Oh. But I think the attitude came to light way beforehand. Definitely. Yeah. Vince Russo said, oh, the attitude, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you said that. And then they did that. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's been plenty of references to attitude uh, throughout, throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Sean is out with these biker shorts and boots and he gives this awesome promo, I guess. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, mean, for how fucked up he is, he still is hitting those lines. Like I said. Yeah. Then we get an ad for the one nine hundred numbers in WWF, uh, US and WWF Canada. So. You can dial those if you want. Parents' permission first, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and who will, who's Austin going to stun next? That's who you get to find out. Yeah. Of course. If yeah. you were smart enough, you'd already know. I could tell you that for less than $1. <laughs> per minute. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is free. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next match is going to be Brett and Bulldog against the Headbangers for the WWF Tag Team Titles. Made wow. Event. The headbangers in the main event where they belong. Will the European champion and the WWF champion get all the gold? All the gold. The IC title, yeah, which, which of is... course, Owen's going to win. Duh. Duh. Yeah. Um, yeah. We cut to a commercial. We get the black screen again. No audio this time. Yeah. God. That's as, this is when I knew I was just too drunk and stoned. Mystery is just yeah. slowly evaporating before <laughs> your eyes, before you can grasp at any clue. It's gone, Kobe. Back from commercial and PlayStation presents in your house Bad Blood. Hell yeah. October fifth in Missouri. Oh, I cannot fucking wait. Yeah. Dude, I was so hyped for this. I was about to turn ten. Ten was a big moment for me. Double digit cell was big for me. I was like, yeah. yeah, whatever happens, Sean is gonna fucking die. <laughs> and then Bret yeah. Hart's gonna defend the title, and then he's gonna whoop Undertaker again. He just beat Undertaker. Yeah, you know? yeah, it'll be all right. Uh, Brett and Davey come out, and then the Headbangers come out, and they got a huge pop. They're over, and to their credit, I mean, uh, I think they mentioned they're both in their early twenties at this point. Uh, oh, they're yeah. they're bringing it. You know, once they get the the tag straps, they have a they have a good match here, and they're yeah you know, they're out there. They're doing they're wrestling. They're yeah. doing a pretty good job. Yeah, and uh, headbangers are getting used for um, for publicity stuff. It's they're with the Philly 
the Philly Flyers. Yeah, the the, the sorry, Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies, yeah, yes. and uh, going uh, locking up uh, with the Philly Fanatic, mm-hmm. which is a big green fucking thing that I don't understand. Even though my girlfriend's from Philly, she's tried to explain the Philly Fanatic to me. What did she say? She's just like, ah, oh, you know, he's like, she's like described it like it was normal and it's not it's not normal it's not a normal yeah, ma- you know it's, like it's not a normal man. mask yeah it's not a normal mascot <laughs> but uh yeah they locked up with the philly fanatic and i think mosh body slammed them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh and they play rob zombie more human than human for this i love that song at the time no definitely so into the match this is okay um of course bret hart wants to make them shine mosh kind of out-wrestles Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah. It's the com- cool. commentary gives him the nod on that, puts him over. And, yeah, I mean, to his credit, they're, it's it's a smooth match. They're in there with a couple veterans, and they're... I think they're, Mosh is definitely the smoother one out of yeah. him and Thrasher. Um, definitely, I liked them both, but Mosh was the more technically sound one. For sure. Um, it's a decent match, like I said. It ends in a DQ when Bulldog fights with a fan over the u.s flag he's like struggling to get the flag out of the 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 fan's hand and he brings it in and he uses against mosh or thrasher and uh they choke him with it and then we get some bells and refs and uh the patriot out for the save and bader comes out for the save ish and uh raw goes off the air that's it yep hot lead yeah. To one night only that doesn't get advertised at all. Yeah. Because it's not available until uh, only available in Canada and the UK. Yeah, this is a Skybox exclusive. Skybox exclusive. And they mention it in Storyline a couple times that the Hart Foundation had some clause in their contract to where they could block this particular show from being available on pay-per-view because they hate the American fans. No shit. And the American fans don't deserve to see this. Yeah. I think they, <laughs> no they mention shit. it, like, they make one comment about it in 226, but I had read online where they had mentioned it somewhere along the line, probably on Livewire or some shit. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, the Skybox exclusive. Yes. In your house, one night only. Right so- off the top, we get the, the Skybox signature, which is somewhat reminiscent of the 20th Century Fox. It's 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 terrifically 90s, and it made me feel really, really good inside, even though I'd never seen it before. But it's just, you know, it, it, it has that 90s quality oh, to I it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. One of my favorite of all times. Um I like this pay-per-view as a child too, just because uh, it was. It's this time where I'm really yeah. This is the first it. time I've watched it start to finish. I, I believe yeah. so too. I think I just always watched bits and pieces. Yeah, except for the first time originally. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is from September nineteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, Birmingham, England. Let's go to the so intro. Well. a sports presentation from Sky Box Office Live. Now, a World Wrestling Federation extravaganza from the NEC Birmingham for one night only. In 80 countries, in seven languages, to over a half billion viewers each week, the World Wrestling Federation, the worldwide leader in sports entertainment, As a lad growing up in Manchester, England, David Smith dreamed of making his family 
friends and countrymen proud. The road to that dream led to the birth of the British Bulldog. Carrying the pride of his country, the Bulldog became an international superstar. In his first homecoming, 80,000 fans at Wembley Stadium shared the realization of a dream. is back for the show unfortunately Davy Boy's legend grew when last May in Berlin Germany he became the first ever European champion but despite worldwide popularity the British Bulldog has been branded a rogue by America tonight Davy Boy is home again for one night only to defend the title a country and a young boy's dreams good crowd yeah They're thank you vince yeah for screaming in our ears ah! wow, is everyone ready? i mean i love his royal rumble intro yeah but that was kind of just a little, uh, little much off the hinges so here we are this is it davy boy is he gonna do it is he not going to yeah, I mean, yeah, I love that. Yeah, you know, they don't ignore the the history there with uh, SummerSlam five years prior. No, um, and yeah, he's setting up for the for the big baby face uh, return. Yeah. Maybe another title title defense this time. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Um, but before that, let's let's hop into the book. Jimmy, do you mind reading from Bret Hart's book? I will. I will always read from Bret Hart's book right. on September twentieth. I arrived in Birmingham, England for the one night only pay-per-view. I got there a day early and found the wrestlers suits and, and road crew drinking merrily in the hotel lounge. Hunter had to help a trembling piled up Sean out of his chair and up to his room in clear view in clear view of the fans. On the bus ride to the National Exhibition Center Arena the next day, Taker and I were disappointed to notice that we weren't we weren't even pictured on the pay-per-view posters plastered all over town. Sean and Davey were the main event in a European title match. We were baffled as to why the world title match was being ignored, especially when Taker and I had been the biggest draws in Europe for years. But Taker and I knew how much this meant to the to our UK fans, so we put our heads together and came up with one that was really that was different from all the others that we'd had. Actually, this one for was for us as much as it was for the fans. I figured I'd finally find out whether the Brits and the boatloads of my German fans who were coming actually supported me in the in my war with the Yanks. Before the show, I talked to my I talked with a little boy who'd been burned in a fire. His ears were gone. 
Then, Jesus, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for thanks for getting into detail. I'm sure the thanks kid, for getting it real down to earth. Yeah, I'm sure the kid appreciates that. Um, <laughs> He's that, really bipolar. He's yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is gonna be one of the greatest matches that we'll ever do. I talked to a little boy with the burned off ears. I, I still see it when I close my eyes sometimes. Uh, then I found time to say hello to Davy's family. Davy had. Davy made the huge mistake of promising in interviews with the British tabloids that he'd win his title match for his sister, Tracy, who was dying of cancer. He'd been told he was going over, but on the day of the show, Vince and Sean changed the outcome. Davy was devastated. Sean had openly bragged about how he was, he was not doing jobs for anyone, but nobody wanted to believe he had the nerve. He had such nerve. This went against the code of all wrestlers. Usually Vince or Pat would give me my finishes, but now Sean, Hunter, and Briscoe were there to oversee. Something was going very wrong. I always, I've always felt that Taker was one of the most unselfish and best workers in the business. We told, a great, we told a great story that night in Birmingham that ended in a DQ, living up to the expectations of our legions of fans. I had no way of knowing it at the time, but Vince, is, in his live commentary, was doing all he could to paint me as a, the bad guy here in Europe, which it was contrary to our own plan, or at least the plan he described to me. I also had no way of knowing that this would turn out to be my last truly, the last truly great match I'd have ever in the WWF. Sean and I worked. Uh, Sean worked the main event with Davey, using every gimmick and prop possible to ultimately end up injuring Davey's knee and take the take the European belt. Vince Briscoe, Sean, and Hunter took great delight in intentionally designing a finish that made me and Owen look like total idiots. For the entire match, we were nowhere in sight of Hunter, China, and Rude as. We were nowhere inside as Hunter, China, and Rude worked Davey over while the British fans waited for the Hart Foundation to rescue him. After Sean won, he took the house mic and said, The Hart Foundation, this is for you, Diana Smith, sweetheart. This is especially for you, baby. Diana was looking was looking pretty with stars in her eyes as being as at being mentioned by Sean, even though he had just defeated her husband. Seated beside Davy's parents and her and sister. Surrounded by the click, Sean put the figure four on Davy, and Diana le- leaped from her front row seat and hit the ring. China grabbed Diana from behind as Owen and I finally charged down to the ramp, with everybody wondering where the hell we'd been all this time. As I pretended to help the wounded Davy back to the dressing room, we passed the burned, we passed the burned little boy that Dave and Davy's sister Tracy, who was terribly upset and crying. I thought. In wrestling, never make in wrestling never make a promise you can't deliver. I saw the light die in Davy's eyes that day, darkness sweeping into his heart that was giving out. Yep. Wow. Pretty crazy. Um, that's deep there. And the the only thing I'll say is yeah, uh, <clears throat> you said a piled up Shawn Michaels, but I'm sure you meant the pilled up. Yeah. yeah. He was he was fucking done. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. And so if you can imagine, uh, you get all sedated and fucked up way before the event, kind of coast off, and then you go to perform, and then right after, yeah. you're back on the jack. Yeah, yeah, not good. I mean, just the the changing of the finish, and you know, you gotta you gotta take Brett's word for it here. I do. Um, it's it's just so fucked up. 
you know. I mean, Davey did make did make the mistake of, you know, talking up, you know, guaranteeing some sort of finish that he doesn't have a say in ultimately, but for them to swoop in and change it after he'd already done that is it's pretty low. I can feel the resentment from Bret Hart, um, but in a way, uh, what if the finish that they had was way more creative than just what, I mean, Brett is a solid wrestler, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. some of the stuff and some of his endings and everything were kind of, uh, they were they were old. True. Um, so they were kind of thinking outside of the box. Any finish that we've seen with Mankind and Triple H was pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, and I think that's to his design, um, or Paul Triple H's design, and hit, to hit to respect him. Like I think he does come up with some creative stuff. Definitely. Um, and then him being the anchor for Shawn Michaels, they can kind of help each other out. And the end of this match is actually pretty creative. Your leg slips on that like mat, and yeah, it's like a foot off the ground. I'm sure. The click, the remaining click members came there and they're like, oh, wow. They look at the ring and they see everything that's set up yeah. and they're like, oh, this is a perfect ending. Yeah. It was probably more creative than what was instilled to begin with. I mean, True. Davey being the European champion and pinning Sean does nothing for Sean. And right now, Sean is hot. True. So, True. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just maybe a little bit more foresight on Vince's part, a little bit more decisiveness of like, this is the direction we're going to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to your point that it is an excellent finish. And I didn't even notice the way the ring was set up. There is, there is like you said about a foot off the ground, um, that the ring is raised up on sort of a stage. And when Davy boy eventually does slip you, it's kind of like, it it gives you that moment of reality of like, Oh, does that, was that supposed to happen? So, you know, anytime you can pull that off in a wrestling match, uh, and and 97, even it's, it's, it's an accomplishment. That sense of reality. Hmm. Yeah. That's something that's going really strong with Brett, Sean and Vince in, Hmm. I don't know. We'll just, we'll get there. It snowballs even more. Yeah. Um, first out for this whole event, it's triple H with China. And JR says, in recent weeks, Triple H has become more aggressive. And he really has. He's shown up this character. He's like, uh, he's almost a badass in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think that before about Triple H. But at the time as a kid, I was like, whoa. Yeah, they're trying to push that more as opposed to where, you know, the entire time he was with China before he was just hiding behind China. Yeah. Which he still does, but, you know, more of a badass. Um. Dude Love does a promo, and he, he's on the screen. He's talking about jolly good fun. Yeah. And Vince says, a, a little Austin Powers, if you will. No, Vince. No. Nah. Not at all. Yeah. Um, Dude Love comes out, and during the match, we get the horn guy back from SummerSlam 1992. <sighs> Man, this air horn. I get it. I mean, this European crowd, it's, it's, a, it's a soccer, it's a football tradition, apparently. But just give me something other than... Well, we do get a little bit something. Uh, dude attempts sweet chin music on Triple H, and he ducks out, and they chase around the ring, and China clotheslines Dude, and then we get a honk, 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 Dude, love. Yeah. So, so there's something. Yeah, but uh, the air horn isn't as omnipresent as it is at SummerSlam 92, <laughs> but it's it shows up throughout the card. 
Uh, Triple H is capitalizing. He puts Dude Lock back into the ring. And Dude gets the patented knee from Triple H. The nice high knee lift. Yeah. We get a one, two. Oh, he had him. Uh, Triple H puts in a domino stretch on Dude Love. And he uses the rope. An old Razor Ramon move. Yeah. Nice. Uh, The ref eventually catches it. He kicks the arm. He gets pushed by Triple H. And Kyoto pushes Triple H back. Triple H falls into the corner, cowers, and then goes right outside of the ring and gets behind China. This is hysterical. Yeah, we're still transitioning to the badass character. (laughs) They're not 100% there yet. But yeah, Kyoto is fired the fuck up. He should have got fireworks for this match. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah, that's just hilarious. Triple H sells it so beautifully. Yeah. yeah. Um, back in the ring, and dude does a bulldog to Triple H. Beautiful. One, two, no. Then we get a whip into the corner, reversed by Triple H, swinging neck, break, neck breaker, and then a pedigree attempt after a curtsy. Uh, but again, we go for the spot that these guys love to do. It's where he goes for a pedigree, and then we get the catapult reversal. Yep. Um, dude catapults Triple H into the corner um, and lefts him right, gives him, and he puts Triple H nose first into the turnbuckle. And for a 10 count, that's the one, two, yep. three, you know, into the turnbuckle. Schnoz first. Yep. Dude splashes, and then he gets a boot from Triple H, and uh, Triple H goes to the top, and this is rare for Triple H. I know why. <laughs> he likes Ric Flair. Um, dude catches him for an arm drag, arm drag off the top. Which Famous looks Ric good. Flair, Ricky Steamboat. Yep. Spot. Yep. Um, then we get the sweet shin music set up. He hits it. DDT. One, two. China puts the f- boot of Triple H on the rope. Um, then they're both up, and we get a pedigree. One, two, three. Triple H over. Yeah. Wow. Kyoto for all his uh, gusto. Yeah, fails to catch China cheating in the end. Yeah. Uh I like this match. I like this a yeah, lot. Yeah, this is you know, the this has been building with these two all year and this is just another good outing. I like when, when Foley is dude love, he tends to break out more of his technical skills, which I mean I think are you know, somewhat underrated because everybody buries him for it. Yeah. Um breaks out an Indian deathlock in this match. Yes he does. Which I was I was a fan of. Um, and then one other one other thing about this match, uh, Vince uh, tries to uh, church up church it up a little bit. He says extravaganza instead of <laughs> extravaganza. So he's trying to uh, trying to win over the British fans, I guess. Yeah, I have some other good quotes from him too. Yeah, he's trying to get fancy. Um. So yeah, Triple H goes over here strong, and we get Jr. saying China should get a nice bonus because of this. Get a nice boner. <laughs> Pun intended. Everything intended. <laughs> um, yeah. Triple H just rubs her head like a dog. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that a boy. <laughs> yeah. Good job, uh, pal. Dude love is just like, oh, okay, ow. And like to what you're saying, like I could since going back, since we have I could watch the SummerSlam match between them. Mm-hmm. The other match in between did did they do Ground Zero? I think they did. Okay, yeah. Ground Zero. Yeah, that's decent. This one, and then there's another one coming up that we'll cover on this episode of Raw. Yeah, but uh, yeah, 
they, they, they keep they, building and then even in the next year or two. Yeah. Yeah. They've had chemistry throughout their careers. And I mean, Triple H, you know, sort of built his reputation on Mick Foley. Yeah. At every, at almost every turn. Yes. And it, it it's more about, <sighs> it's about the guy sacrificing for Triple H. Yeah. And, and showing that he can be this menacing heel and delivering yeah. and selling for him. Yeah. If the guy's not selling for you if he's not bumping for you. Yeah. You got no chance in fuck. Definitely. Uh here we go. Let's 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 go to this audio. This is a fan reaction. <laughs> it's for good. a British Bulldog against Shawn Michaels. Reminiscent of the SummerSlam nineteen ninety two. Totally. I love the, uh, my favorite out of that is like the, like self deprecating Brit who's like, yeah, we haven't had much good stuff come out of Britain. And I don't even know. (laughs) Bulldogs are right. Bulldogs are right, I guess. Just a bunch of facts. Right, another pint. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then the, the kids arguing between Sean and Bulldog. Uh, he's like, oh, what has Sean done this whole year except cry and whine? Love it. Little, he's right. Little smart. He's 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 on the money. And uh, going back to that too is like, Sean said he doesn't. Uh, he's he's not laying down. He's he's going out in a blaze of glory. He's not laying down for anybody. He's not doing anything. And mm-hmm. What has Sean done this past year? But whine and crying. Let whine and cry. Let's go back through '97. Yeah, the cards that Sean has been on. What he's done. Royal Rumble. He went over Sid Vicious for the title. Okay. Next one. In your house. He was supposed to put over Bret Hart. Ah. Ah, he couldn't do that, though. No. There was something wrong with that knee. And a smile, too. And a smile. Yeah. So, he had to forfeit the title. Uh, Bret Hart goes over in that one. Revenge of the Taker. The next month in April. That is... um, Stone Cold defeated by Bret Hart by disqualification. Yeah. And so only shows up for Mania and commentary. Yeah. Too. And um just to to show you the top guys here are not getting not doing jobs except for the Undertaker. The Undertaker got defeated by Vader. 
This one he get he defeats Mankind in April. Stone Cold gets defeated by Bret Hart in disqualification. Um, obviously Sean didn't want to put anybody over. Let's go to Cold Day in Hell. That's in May. Uh, here we have Undertaker defeating Stone Cold for the title, but there was some schmaz stuff going on there. Stone Cold could have had that victory. Um, and then we have King of the Ring the next month, which was June, and that was supposed to be the match against Bret Hart and Sean. Yeah. And that didn't work out too well either. Huh? No, no. He puts Guys the, had knee injuries. Yeah, puts the kibosh on that, but he does work his second match of the year on pay-per-view. Against Stone Cold. Yeah, so these guys are supposed to... These are the top guys. It's Brett, Sean, Undertaker, Austin. Who's going to put over who? Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold Steve Austin? Ends in a double DQ. Damn. Undertaker, obviously, is defending that title, and he goes over. Got to keep the champ strong. Yep. Let's go on to uh, In Your House, Canadian Stampede, the next month. This is July of 1997. And Shawn Michaels isn't on the card again. Yeah. Undertaker is defeating Vader, putting him away for good. This is ultimately burying Vader for any type of top role in the company. Yeah. And the Hart Foundation beat Stone Cold and a bunch of other guys that are mid-card. So uh, that that's good, but it's it's Owen getting the pin on Austin, so it kind of concludes that feud and Austin was going to go over at SummerSlam. So into SummerSlam. Yes. Here we go. Austin goes over Owen, of course, but we have the unfortunate necking. On his neck. Yeah, neck injury. And then Bret Hart defeats The Undertaker, but with interference of Shawn Michaels. So some casualties there. Yeah. Uh, Not clean. Not clean at all. Uh, Ground Zero, September. We just covered this. Let's see what's next. We're going to have Bret Hart defeating the Patriot by submission. Easy victory. Then we get Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Two top guys. Singles match. No contest. No contest. So this whole year, Shawn has vacated the tag titles, the world title, and lost no fucking matches and he's also only wrestled three pay-per-view matches yeah and nine months yep and he's lost nothing nothing he's not doing jobs no he made it clear uh around this time in people's contracts they were demanding uh that they either get a title or certain creative control yeah and vince is just like okay okay but then he's like fuck i said okay to both these guys yeah so now what yeah yeah Yeah. creative Uh, control something that brett at this point is under the impression that he has for the last uh chunk of his contract yeah we'll see we'll see um i know you want me (laughs) everybody's favorite guest ring announcer it's so addictive actually uh i i've heard this song so much and listened to so much wrestling or watched it so much recently that my girlfriend started singing she said what is that <laughs> it's like it's sunny's theme you just overheard it and got stuck in your head yeah it's <laughs> it's it's infectious she's the guest ring announcer and she could be a spice girl says jr <laughs> thanks jr no she couldn't <laughs> um 
she introduces Leaf Cassidy. And where the hell has he been? This is what I wondered when I was a kid. I was like, the yeah. Rockers were awesome. Marty Jannetty's gone. What yeah. the- oh, Leaf Cassidy's back. Hey, what's up? Yeah. And then he just goes missing, too. So Leaf Cassidy all on his own now, still with the goofy name and the goofy Rockers attire. Yeah. So. Um, I guess Marty Jannetty had some problems. Yeah, yeah, Marty Jannetty's had problems pretty consistently to this day, but we're not going to go down down that road on this uh, episode. Yeah, maybe we'll do a special on him. Father of the year. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tiger Ali Singh is out. Who the hell is this? He's with Tiger Jeet Singh, and he is the son of Tiger Jeet Singh. Yeah. Famous wrestler. Legend. Yeah. King says, I can't stand a kid who, who has to drag his old man out here to protect him all the time. Jarrah says, yep, that's right. Yep, he's proud of his heritage as well as he should be. <laughs> that's the racist way of saying, good for him, I don't like it. Yeah, and he also takes takes the shot at King. They bring uh, Brian Christopher up, which is yeah, always fun. Yeah. Uh, Tiger gets on the mic and he says he's a true proud asian canadian and he gets booed yikes yeah i guess the brits don't like them they're racist too yeah i mean racism is not just an american institution unfortunately (laughs) Uh, and he's on a mission to make the children around the world stay drug free and he is the true messiah wow jesus christ right here in front of us uh he's going to set the world on fire well that's not Messiah-like, though. Right, yeah. I'm getting kind of confused. Tiger Jeet gets on the mic and speaks in his native tongue. This is very similar to what we're doing 20 years to the day with Jinder Mahal. With Jinder, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a weird promo. He's like, he wants, it's it's super uneven, like you were saying, uh, with the, you know, get kids off drugs. I'm the Messiah, and I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. (laughs) Well, if you're going to burn it down, then, like, why not do drugs? Yeah, true. Make it more fun. Yeah. Uh, Leaf Cassidy takes advantage, and Tiger gets back on him, and this is a terrible match. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know what else is terrible? Uh, Jerry Lawler calling uh, Tiger Jeet Singh a uh, New York cab driver. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just uh, classic, classic. Yeah. So um, bad. So bad. All right, so Cassidy struggles to get Singh up onto the turnbuckle, and they're clearly stalling in communication for Singh to punch Cassidy, and they're not getting their words across clearly. But Singh eventually does understand, and he stands, and he nails a top rope bulldog. One, two, three, and he's over. And Vince says, that's called a tiger bomb. Thanks, Vince. Uh How does he know all this shit? Anyways, awkwardly, Sonny with the commentators, uh, JR says, everything's bigger in Texas. Of course, I'm from Alabama, so that doesn't even Oklahoma. mean anything. What does yeah. that even mean? Yeah. little little self-deprecating humor there from old JR. I don't know why I said Alabama. Yeah. Oh, Oklahoma, I'm sorry. It's all, it's all good. Sonny puts the hat on. Yeah. Classic, it's a little awkward. Classic gimmick they're still doing with JBL. Yeah. We get a recap for Ground Zero. And it's the Headbangers tag victory. And then we get this awesome match that, of course, we're going to cover in 
season two. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do live commentary on it, of course, um, and then we're also just gonna like just look really you know move for move break it down because we will be then be in season two of our uh, podcast Retromania. Yeah, Barikwas forever. Yeah, Los Barikwas out. Miguel Perez and um, Savio Vega. Yeah. And they're against the Headbangers for the tag team titles. Yeah, Burrick was getting the shot. Uh, didn't know much about Miguel. Uh, I didn't know, didn't realize he's a second generation superstar. His father competed in WWF in the sixties and seventies. Yep, yep. Great athlete, uh, just not the best follicles. <laughs> um, look at the leggings, if you must, says Vince. Okay. <laughs> Vince, they're fucking just leggings. Like I, I don't know. I guess America was at this time where it's like, you're bizarre, you're weird, you're you're gay, you're fag, you're like it's everything is just like oh like yeah. straight laced white man cis like culture. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um Yeah, so into this match, uh Miguel does some awesome fucking moves. Yeah, Miguel can go. And he does a twisting Santon swanton he catches a bit of it and then to save for that um he does a standing moonsault yeah kind of make up for it and it's it's impressive yeah one two no king says miguel's famous for his high flying moves is also is burning out two electric shavers in one day <laughs> i thought that was a good line i, yeah. li- I like that one i like that too uh more double teaming from los bees and um they're beating down Thrasher, and we finally get a hot tag to Mosh, and he drop kicks Savio, clothesline over the top rope, sets up Miguel on the turnbuckle, top rope Hurricane Rana from Mc- from Mosh to Miguel. Awesome. Um, this is reminding me of the cruiserweights at the time, too, yeah. so I like high-flying stuff. Uh, yeah, one, two. Savio breaks it up. A huge power slam from Mosh to Miguel. Uh, one, two, Savio breaks it up again. Miguel botches some type of powerbomb pile driver to Thrasher. And then right off the ter- top turnbuckle, Mosh sits on Miguel's chest. One, two, three. That's it. Weird Got finish. Headbangers yeah. go over. It's cool. But yeah, decent, decent little match overall. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, headbangers go to the crowd some and kind of mess with the fans. So they're and, with yeah. the people. They're yeah. They're of the people. And then we're with JR and Bulldog. You can just you can just tell in Bulldog's eyes he knows he's losing. He gives it all away in this promo. This yeah. face, this whole promo, he's not even he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go out there and uh, you know in front of like all these people uh, Yeah. it's just like I'm fucking losing. I'm giving it away. Yeah. Sad. Oof, oof, real sad. And yeah. he says he's geared up. I hope he's not too Cranked up. He was cranked up to 92. Yeah. So next match, Flash Funk comes out, and he's against the Patriot to some booze. Heavy booze, and Patriot is is troubled by this from the get-go. Yep. Which he should have probably anticipated, I feel like. I know, but he's an ignorant fucking Southerner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm fighting him. I can beat any man one-on-one. Two on one. They're like, all right, it's you got one match here. I'll take him four on one tonight. <laughs> Stop accepting <laughs> handicap matches. Peter. Six on one. I'll fight for the American way. Uh, 
So this is a boring match because uh, yeah. Patriot is in control. Patriot isn't doing shit. Yeah, yeah. he's headlocked Chinlock City. Yeah, everything. Uh, Flash has some nice spots in he it. Does but few and far in between. Patriot goes for that atomic drop into the suplex that she loved. Uh, cover one two. Hebner no. Hebner no. Yeah. Hebner's here. Uh, back into the headlock and chinlock. Then we get a rolling reversal. And then we get a surfboard from Flash onto the Patriot. This looks awesome. It does. Uh, and then a Trouble in Paradise from Flash. That's right. Another one. Uh, Vince says, a whirling dervish or whatever that was. No, Vince, whirling <laughs> dervish is the team that you fucking killed from NXT. Yeah, that's right. Jesus. <laughs> um, one, two, No. And then run against the ropes again. We get a power slam from Patriot to Flash Funk. This night should be called One Night Power Slam because it's Power Slam City. Everybody does one at least in their match. Yeah. Um, one, two, no. Swinging to the ropes again. Flash does a Mahi Straw Cradle. One, two, no. Um, Patriot up and he goes to the top rope. Patriot missile. Um, one, two, no, this is getting built up even more. Flash Funk goes and scoops and slams the Patriot. And then he goes to the top rope and literally spins his body. Or like, like not like a flipping move. He just spins, spins rotates yeah. in the air and lands on the Patriot. One, two, no. Then up again. And he's like, all right, finally, I'm going to do my top rope move. I'm like, yeah, do the 450 splash. Yeah. Do that one. Yeah, we're ready. We've been waiting on, for it. Here we go. Uh, no, Moonsault, moon <laughs> and he gets the knees, and then we're up with an Uncle Slam, one, two, three, Patriot yeah. over. I was like, what the fuck? Weird, weird. Flash, you had it. First of all, like, who signed off on letting them have, like, eight false finishes? Yeah, and also, like, why wouldn't Flash just go over here? Yeah. Terrible setup. He made it seem, he's just like, yeah, I could have won several times in this match, but, uh, no. Nah. They didn't want me to. They didn't want to put a black man over. Oh, sorry. They have to dance and come out to the same type of theme song. That's Damn. all that Vince knows. Damn it, Vince. Uh, next, we have LOD and the Godwins. Woo! And LOD yell, and we get a nice fucking nursery rhyme from Hawk. Sweet. Just spitting it like it's, you know, like it's bedtime at the old. Uh... Wow! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what's going on with that? Like, could you have him as a dad? Uh, I, it's, it would be a troubling, uh, troubling childhood. I feel like, I mean, like, I, I, it's like story time would not be the most comforting, uh, the most comforting thing, you know, just based on this. Good like, night, moon. <laughs> Good night, stars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. The Godwins come out first, and then LOD come out with a huge pop. They're big. They love here. them. And you know, it's probably because they are still card carrying members of the London Hell- Hells Angels. Uh, Berserker sure. never left. He's still. Berserker never left. Yeah. Also, um, if you or a loved one know about the whereabouts of Rocco, please contact us at retromaniapodcastgmail.com. Yeah, last last scene, August 1992. Thank you. Sweet angel. Godwins are out with a Confederate flag. 
Yeah. I wonder how this would go over now. Unfortunate. Uh, and they um, they were doing this. This sort of became their gimmick for a while. They eventually became Southern Justice. Yep. I think. South's yeah. going to rise again. Ugh. Jerry even says it in the match. See, Vince, I told you South's going to rise. Uh, this is boring, though. They're beating down on Hawk. Um, Godwin's, that is. Vince says, come on, ref, do your job. Really, we're getting into this whole do your job type of thing by Vince and uh, questioning the refs more and more. Hmm. On a double team from the Godwins, the Godwins beat down Hawk, and JR explains the Confederate flag to the fans. Yeah, breaks down a little uh, Civil War history, and it's uh, pretty uncomfortable, you know, because he leaves out a few key details. (laughs) The main detail. Like yeah, there was a civil war in America from this date to this date. And yeah, it was we, about heritage. Yeah, we just got bored, so we started fighting each other. It wasn't over anything, you know, fundamental to human existence. Yeah, thanks, Jr. We know which side you're on. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't get that far. Sorry. Okay. I um. Yeah. Well, you never know. Okay. Uh. So Jerry says, uh, I, I I fought for the East. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. That would be Free State, Maryland, where we are. Bing! You knew okay. forever. Yeah, so uh, Godwins are beating him down on Hawk, and then we get a pair of clotheslines from Hawk, one, two to each Henry and Phineas. Animal finally gets the hot tag. Godwins go for a double backdrop, and Animal flips on his feet, and he double clotheslines both of them. Uh, Hawk hits a clothesline to Henry on the apron and Animal picks up Phineas who was still in the ring and we get the doomsday device one, two, three the LOD over huge pop yeah pretty uh, overall pretty boring like you said I do feel like it was better than some of their previous outings that they had this year um, Hawk was selling a little bit for for change yeah you know just uh, slightly and uh, yeah, nothing, nothing special, but uh, certainly uh, serviceable tag tag match there. Yep. Um, in the ring, right after that, Jr. goes in and he brings out. Oh yeah, man! Who is it? It's gonna crowd's waiting for him. He's he's white hot. He's white <laughs> hot. Everybody wants to see him. Wait, no, where's the glass? No. <laughs> It's fucking Ken Shamrock. Yeah, everybody. Can't yell I feel like everybody was hoping for for Austin. Me too. In that spot. That's what I thought. Yeah. He's not even on the fucking like, card. Who's he gonna stun? You know, is he is he gonna stun the Queen of England? Now it's not a good time to do that. This is crazy. They've had the some, last some, two cards that they've had. They yeah. separated the roster so much. It's we don't even get the best of it. Right. Right. Um, Ken Shamrock is out, and he's got some Lions Den shirt. LOL. That's all I got to say. It yeah. looks like his five-year-old niece drew half of a line and half <laughs> Ken Shamrock's face, combined them, and that's his logo. He was like, hey, Cindy, I love that little design that you did. Could you draw me something like half lion, half me for the logo for the gym? Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. Wow, it's only like a three by five photo. We're going to have to blow it up in my shirt. <laughs> so. Yeah. Just wait until you see the banner on the wall. You think the shirt's bad. So he had a punctured lung. This was serious. Though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Internal bleeding. Yeah, and he's talking about that and how tough he is, and Rockabilly comes out. Shit. He's looking <laughs> lean. The one, Billy Gunn. Tells Ken he's sick uh, from him, and he did a little, and he does his little twisty leg thing. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was funny. He slaps Ken, and Ken just wraps him up in the ankle lock. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Pop the crowd. I mean, to be fair, the crowd did, uh, you know, did seem to be happy to see Shamrock. They popped for him. But, uh, yeah, just a weird little interview segment to sort of break up the, because this is the only non match you know, except, except for a few backstage interviews yeah to break up the monotony i think yeah. uh, ken shamrock does a great job and he is the uh 1a 1b to uh stone cold if you will true um but yeah because everybody's everybody's fucking heel yeah everybody is a badass at yeah. this time it's yeah. like you got a whoop ass and then that that leaves people to get buried which yeah. um sadly it's billy gunn right now yeah that's all right. He's he, making an ass out of himself. Oh. Um, all right. This is very, very interesting to me. 124 yeah. mark. We're going to go to this backstage interview with Bret Hart and Vince McMahon. Yeah. SummerSlam, The Undertaker, I would suggest, is going to be pell-mell all over you, no holes barred. Well, I uh, expect that. I mean, uh, Undertaker, I'm, this guy's, uh, you know, he's, he's a great wrestler, and he, he's tough, and he's bad. And he's, I'd say he's probably the hardest fight I'm ever going to have, but that doesn't, uh, that doesn't mean I'm going into this thing uh, expecting the worst. I'm not. Uh, this is just about like wrestling with home field advantage, and... Uh, I think the people know me for what I am. They still believe in me, and uh, I'm just going to go in there and do the best I can, which has always worked well for me. I don't think you're hearing what we're hearing. I don't think they like you here. Well, or maybe maybe they they do. Just need to start liking me again. You know, I don't know. I don't know. They see they all they see is American television. Does it matter to you whether they like you or not, Brett? Does it matter to you? Yeah, it matters. It does. Best of luck to you tonight, the Hitman, Bret Hart. And that is going to be some matchup. 
Yeah, so he Brett was not expecting that that shit. No. He was not expecting the uh, to, the Vince to challenge him on the uh, on the crowd reaction like that, and you can see it in his reaction. Uh, and I think it's more okay. Brett gets a good reaction. Granted, Shawn Michaels gets the biggest reaction because it's girls and kids. Bret Hart's reaction is males mainly, so it's going to sound deeper, even if there is booze. Yeah. So it's not going to have the same high-pitched yeah. reaction. They both get the same reaction, in my opinion. I, yeah, I would They're agree. They're both the hottest at the time. Yeah. And that is just like, Vince is like, just pegging the manipulation of like, well, obviously, to me, the girls and the kids don't like you, so you're not fucking selling here. Right. And, Vin- and Brett just looks at him like, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, he's like, well, I guess. I don't guess, think you're hearing what yeah. I'm hearing. Like, yeah. Yeah, it definitely caught off guard by that. And, like, when he, when he like, admits at the end that, it, like, it matters to him that, that the, you know, that the fans like him, like, that was, that was real. And I think it's because Vince, that was not scripted. I mean, Vince yeah. wanted him to be the heel and be like, it doesn't matter, you know, or something. But yeah. Brett's like, dude, you just fucking went way off the script. You're you're like you're toying with my emotions yeah. right now. Yeah. Big time. Like so I'm gonna tell yes, you, it does matter. This is me. the truth. Yeah. And this is where we get into this oh, is it a work? Is it a shoot? Yeah. Oh my god. So good. It's it, it makes for some very very compelling television. Um <clears throat> Vader comes out. Quick thing about Vader I noticed in this. I don't know if you saw it. They <laughs> The video of him, uh, like slapping around the uh, Kuwaiti television host, is actually in his Titantron video. Oh, nice! Yeah, so this had just <laughs> happened, like no less than a month or two before this, or it might have been, might have been as recent as a couple weeks ago. Uh, they were in Kuwait, and he was on a uh, morning TV show with the Undertaker, and the, the host said something to disparage, you know, wrestling is fake, something, right, et cetera, right, right. et cetera. And uh, Vader gets up and like slaps the shit out of him and ends up serving a little bit of time for a few days in a Kuwaiti jail. Um, and so Vader comes out and sure enough, the footage of him uh, slapping this guy is in the Titan Tron because Vince <laughs> loves that shit. Like he loves it when, when guys put their ass on the line and like ultimately damage their own lives and careers, you know, but to, to defend the business. Cause he's still got that old school mentality right. from his dad. Yep. Um, the same thing when uh, Dr. Dave Schultz, uh, slap the the tv the american tv host john yep. stossel um he loves it and i was like i was shocked and I, I wasn't shocked but i was surprised and amused that the that footage is actually in the titantron video i just this whole time i'm thinking to myself like vince is a guy that doesn't want to risk this yada yada he's yeah. not using anything like and I'm looking back, I'm just like, God, he's aggressive, yeah. dirty motherfucker. He's yeah. using everything to get publicity and views. Totally. Uh, much to the disrespect in a week or so, which will cover the sad death of a superstar. Yeah. And he exploits that fucking without any care. No. Yeah. Um. So this is Vader and Owen Hart. Yes. I got to say. A real fun match. Great match. I'm going to put this out there right now. Watch these last three matches. Yeah. And it 
it will blow your socks off. It will, um, it'll be almost better if not compared to anything that you see nowadays from the WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love these last three matches. They're phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. And this is this for me, this is like one of the better matches of, of either man's career. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly for Vader. Um, even for Owen with all the classics he put on with Brett, I think this one stands up um, just because they, they both work so well and they're both perfect in their roles um, and their respective sizes. It's just, it's so, it's so good. Yeah, and I think being in a neutral area of the UK, they uh, they get some they get some interesting fan reactions. Like both guys are kind of face here, but yeah. They're both heel, yeah. In a way, you know, uh, it's awesome. We get a huge like body block from uh, Vader to Owen, and he does a nice little Dean Ambrose spot that I didn't notice before. He bounces off the second rope, yeah. Uh, the middle rope, and then comes oh. right back at uh, Vader and gets thrown out of the ring for it. But yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, reminiscent. Definitely. Um, I'm not going to cover everything. You need to watch this. I'll go over the very end. Basically, Vader gets um, uh, a powerbomb to Owen, and Owen flips through on it, and he drops down. Goes to kick Vader. Vader catches the leg. We get a beautiful enziguri from Owen. He turns it into a sharpshooter. Vader gets to the ropes. And then Owen slams Vader. Yeah. This is his it, third and last attempt. Yeah, he'd been night. going for it all match and he finally gets it. But at what cost? Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty nice, though. He he had him up there for a, a bit. And this is a awesome line from Vince where he says... That adrenaline pumping through Owen's veins. (laughs) Adrenaline. Uh, The adrenaline. Yes. That's how they say it over here, right? Yeah. It's Um, an adrenaline-powered extravaganza. WWF adrenaline. (laughs) Um, We get a huge avalanche splash from Vader to Owen, and then he gets up for a Vader bomb ready, and we get some knees from Owen, and Vince calls out. He's like, you might have seen the match earlier from uh, Flash Funk and Patriot, but you know, in Vince's head, he's like, motherfuckers are doing the same spots. <laughs> um, we get a missile drop kick from Owen, and he nips up real quick, and he's getting a huge reaction from the crowd. We get a spinning wheel kick from Owen, and we go up, and it's a huge power slam off the top rope Massive. from Vader to Owen, he catches him mid-jump. One, two, three, Vader goes over. Fantastic. The power slam, the impact of that is is legit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like you said, this is this is a uh, hidden gem, as they like to call them on the network. Oh yeah, I definitely say so myself. Now we go to a recap of SummerSlam 1997. Let's cut to this audio real quick. All right. It's about everything that's going on.
deserve to be World Wrestling Federation champion. For you see, Brett, Shawn Michaels won't be the special referee. What's that mean? It means that you have to look into the eyes of the Reaper and deal with me one-on-one. -on -one. There's not going to be someone lurking in the shadows waiting to hit me in the head with a chair. And although you may have all these fans across the world convinced that you are their savior, but you're nothing more than a demon. And I will expose you as that demon tonight. The Undertaker recognizes no boundaries, only creatures for which you are not. So what this means, Bret Hart, is when this faithful night ends and you are looking up, Prepare to rest in peace. Nice, wonderful, nice little way to sew everything up. A lot of history between these two. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, what's been going on recently, it's, uh, I, I guess, um, Undertaker is the catalyst for Shawn Michaels' heel turn as well as Bret Hart, and he's definitely biting off Austin. Yeah. Uh, he just rides that fucking coattails of Austin. He sees the big heel, I mean, big push that he's getting from being this badass. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to be a degenerate, Jack. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the maneuvers that are going on in the time of the business. You got Shawn Michaels on one end of the spectrum and then one double H on the other <laughs> end of the spectrum of WCW. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, just, you know, wherever, you know. Wherever he sees the money is is going, he's he's following it. Whatever's hot, he's gonna try to scoop as much of it as possible. Getting right there. Yeah. Um, Undertaker out first for this big epic match, and of course Bret Hart out. Huge pop here. The champ. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I, I I'm calling bullshit on Vince's uh, you know interview. I think I think the crowd is is strongly behind him. There are some boos, but I would say it's it's majority. Uh, or majority of the crowd is uh, reacting favorably to him. Yeah, and I think it's more the guys chanting too. So, like I said, you get a lower tone. Yeah, it's like the Cena, you know. Let's go, Cena. Cena sucks. It's mainly men. Yeah. Um. So, I'm not going to go through this whole match. You have to watch this. This is probably their greatest match, without a doubt. This is the match that they have been working towards having, you know, throughout the nineties, every time they've locked up, it's gotten progressively better, uh, until you get to this, which is just, just a fucking masterpiece. And, like, and to think, man, if things didn't happen in the past, in the past or the future of this storyline, um, to Brett and WCW, whoops, uh, he, they could have, gone back and had more matches with Undertaker revamped as American Badass yeah. or something, and then Undertaker reborn. Yeah, so uh, so many possibilities. Just even more more to build in that rivalry. I love classic, like we just covered Flair and Steamboat, who yeah. had nearly a 30-year rivalry. Yeah. So something that parallels to that could have been this, but uh, sadly it wasn't. Yeah, unfortunately, this is the last time for these, the last dance for these two. Although they did weirdly have a like a a match on Raw in 2010, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, I think I don't think it was like a um, I don't think it ended up happening, but they were promoting it on Raw. Um, 
Yeah, this is like in the days when Brett would be like general manager and he had like a weird U.S. title victory over the Miz at some yeah, point. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking, I was like, man, I was like, I remember because I was like 20 and I was like, man, Brett Hart and The Undertaker are wrestling on Raw. I feel like a kid again. That's crazy. <laughs> Maybe we'll cover that. Yeah. Um, so during the match, the bell comes out. Some other elements come out into this match and Undertaker goes to use the bell and the ref grabs it from behind him and um he's like nope no boy i'm getting in your face and bret hart just chop blocks him from behind and then bret gets some stomps on him on the knee works him towards the rope and bret gets kicked over the rope into the cameraman this is a huge spot yeah yeah cameraman looks pretty messed up he does and and again it's another spot that is executed so well that it makes you wonder if it was supposed to go that way i don't know yeah. Undertaker throws Bret Hart into the stairs on the outside. That looks brutal, too. Yes, it does. Um, then back into the ring, and go. Undertaker goes to swing Bret into the turnbuckle, but Bret Hart resists. Then he powers through, and Bret Hart just goes sideways, sliding onto the mat, and back first into the ring post. Yeah. Splits him in half, almost. They sell this like death. Um, <clears throat> then Undertaker goes... Back into the ring, and he goes for old school. But no, Bret Hart reverses it. It's awesome spot. He flips him down, and uh, then Undertaker goes for a tombstone, and Bret goes out, goes for a waist lock, and rolls him up into the ropes, that famous yeah. spot from Bret. One, two, no. Bret Hart sets up, sets up for a tombstone. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be big. Going, uh, yeah, going all out. Yeah, but we reverse that, and Undertaker looks like he has Bret Hart in the tombstone, but he grabs, Bret Hart grabs onto the middle and top rope and somehow gets his head locked, and Undertaker lets go, and Bret Hart gets that famous spot where he's stuck in between the middle and top rope in his head. Yeah, Hangman's news, very dangerous uh, predicament, uh, you know, fully lost an ear in a similar uh similar kind of spot where he was getting caught between the ropes. Um, and, uh, Brett, you know, to his credit, does a good job of, uh, selling it and making it look, uh, pretty, pretty painful, which I'm sure it was. Yeah. yeah. And he can't really get out of it. I'm sure it's really tight on the ears. Yeah. Oh, it's a good way to get yourself into cauliflower alley. Um, undertaker continues the beat down on to Bret Hart and the referee just calls for the bell. Yeah. Hmm. Weird, weird ending, but uh, the crowd just boos, boos. Yeah. They hate this. Um, and the ref rings the bell. The Undertaker choke slams the ref, and then Owen and the officials come out and they free Bret Hart. Briscoe gets caught while the officials and Bret and Owen escape, and Briscoe gets a choke slam for his troubles. Yep. The king says. The crowd is 99% turned on Undertaker. And Vince says, I wouldn't say that. I'd say the Undertaker has lost it. I'd say that the fans don't fucking like the outcome of this shitty non-result yeah. in a title match after, again. After 28 minutes of like two of the all-time grades putting on a classic match. You know, it's, it's a wonky finish. And it's probably the thing that separates separates this match from being remembered in the, in the, in that light of like, you know, some of the greatest matches of all time. Cause it has everything else. Yeah. And there's just want. no finish. Yeah. Um, but to their credit, they, they executed perfectly at, you know, Undertaker's post-match stuff is, you know, you know, 
intense and vicious. Um, it's just, you know, it's a booking decision that, you know, unfortunately takes a little something away from this, but it's still a classic and you still absolutely need to go out of your way to go see it. Yeah. And, uh, Vince follows it up. He says, I wouldn't say that. I'd say the Undertaker has lost it. Nonetheless, not without standing via disqualification. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. Not without standing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like you said, I second everything you said. This is a great match, but then the, the ending just doesn't know justice. This yeah. is uh, Vince Russo booking, to say the least, because yeah. it's these key guys that you want to see a finish of. You want to see a good outcome. Yeah, of. and also, like, the end of the feud, too. You want some sort of resolution there. Or even a payoff. Like, yeah. uh, you want a payoff, and then even when the payoff would come with Russo, he would fucking swerve and change it. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, the the biggest thing for me was... Sorry to go off on a tangent. Was Nash against Hogan, nineteen ninety nine, in oh. WCW for the retirement of Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan comes out in red and yellow. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? I was so into this that I ordered that uh, that pay per view. A lot of people were. Yeah, yeah. His final match, red and yellow. Boom! He gets pinned. He's fucking back within like a month or two. Yeah. What the hell? Even Macho Man waited like six months. Yeah, something. Ugh. All right. So to go on this pay-per-view let's continue on it's the main event main this event is, time this is the one yeah um i'm gonna cut to the audio here at 221 this is a promo from sean michaels saying he's the top guy saying everything he can to just antagonize anybody in the back and just to build for this anticipation of you gotta see bulldog prevail in this i mean the cards are stacked against bulldog in a way where the hero has to get a victory right yeah you you would hope you would hope (sighs) doesn't go that way as we read earlier um so another great match i'm not going to go all into it but i will cover the last little bit Shawn michaels grabs the bulldog's toy at the beginning when he comes out the action figure yeah yeah and he's near some fans and he just 
drops it into his uh, wrestling tights into the crotch area. See, I was trying, I, I, I went back and I watched it a couple times because I wasn't sure if he actually followed through and did drop it into his trunks or if he just dropped it on the ground. No, he did. He did. Good uh, slick maneuver. And uh, he said, he's going down. And Vince says, is that where the bulldog's going? Is that going <laughs> to suck it off, Vince? God, uh, this isn't the WDBF. Um, <laughs> so, so then... Sean takes it out, gives it back, and then these girls that were all over him look about 15, 14. He just kisses them. He's just on ma- the making out with yeah. them. It's it's uncomfortable. This is weird. <clears throat> Anyhow. There's also uh, a heart a heartbreak gimp sign. <laughs> heartbreak gimp, HBG. Not going to go too far into that one, but that, that was a good sign. Playing off the Pulp Fiction scene. Yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, Davey comes out, and they mention the sick sister, and she's playing it off like she's really sick. She suffered from cancer her whole life, and yes, I'm sure she is, but why? Why do we have to go through all this? Yeah, I mean, I guess they did all the press for it so that they, they felt like they needed to bring her out. Maybe she wanted to be there. I mean, you know. I think because they thought he was winning. Yeah. But when you turn the results at the very last minute, yeah. it's kind of like, well, it's unfortunate. Uh, I guess we got to go through with this. It's so sad. Um, the people love Bulldog here. You can see like the love in the eyes of the fans. The national hero. This yeah. is their national hero. Yeah. You're right. Um, Shawn Michaels is yelling at McMahon while he doesn't have the headset on. I wonder what the fuck that is about because it doesn't get played up at all. No. And Jerry just says, he's laying it to you, McMahon. He told you. Yeah. I guess. But what happened there? Um, Probably complaining about pyro or something. Yeah. I didn't get enough pyro, Jack. I need pyro for the pyro. I got news for you, Jack. (laughs) Um, During the match, Rick Rude comes out. And Shawn Michaels and Bulldog collide head to head and they're both down and Triple H and China come out and then we get a huge back body drop um, from Bulldog to, Sh- to Sean and Sean just gets so much air on this yeah. amazing athlete. Yeah, to the outside. Uh, and then we get the patented uh, flare buckle that yeah. Sean loves to replicate. Absolutely. Um then we get a nice catapult from the Bulldog to Sean. One, two, no. Bulldog hits the ring post in his shoulder as Sean moves out of the turnbuckle. Sean hits an elbow on the Bulldog. And then he goes up and he hits another one. He's got two of his patented elbows. Um, and then Shawn Michaels goes for a sweet chin music in the corner. And Bulldog starts to get up. But Sean is like, fuck this. I'm going to stand you up in the corner. Stands Bulldog up in the corner, goes for the Sweet Chin music in the corner, and he, like, almost botches the miss in a way. I almost feel like it was purposeful. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's been known to pull shit like that. Yeah, it was like a, it was a weak, yeah. like, miss kick. Um, anyhow, um, Bulldog catches that, but uh, Rick Rude grabs Bulldog's leg, and that distracts the ref. And then um, they're on the outside, and... Bulldog scoops Shawn Michaels onto the mat, and this is a beautiful design here. Bulldog's right leg falls off the mat that's like a foot off the ground where the the crowd is standing, and his leg falls in between the mat and to the ring railing. Yeah, just uh, a slight slight little elevated platform stage, if you will. Yeah. And uh, yeah, his, his foot slips in between. 
Yeah, and he drops Shawn Michaels, so nonetheless not getting the running power slam on him. Uh, Rick Rude, Triple H, and China take advantage while Shawn Michaels runs into the runs into the ring, and they smash the railing into the bulldog's leg. Even yeah. worse, um, his knee is just fucked up at this point. And um, then we get a pedigree on the outside from Triple H to the Bulldog. And then the Bulldog gets thrown back into the ring. Shawn Michaels went for the figure four, but he stops. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to do more damage. And he takes the knee brace off. He throws it at Diana. Ooh, Ooh great heel tactic. Super then heel. he gets the figure four locked on. Triple H grabs the arms and Hebner is the fucking worst. Who kneels, like who straddles the other wrestler in a submission lock and just looks them in the eyes. Right. Yeah. The it's worst like, positioning from ever. It's just like, <laughs> you know, Davey, there's about, there's about <laughs> 17,000 people in this arena, but right now I feel like it's just you and me, brother. I look you in the eyes. I want to see if you quit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, China helps too. And they're both pulling on Sean's arms as he gets more leverage in the figure four while the referee's back is turned. Hebner yells at Triple H in China because he could have caught them, but uh, Rick Rude comes from the other side and punches Bulldog in the face while Hebner has his back yeah. turned towards that. He's like, I'm going to take my eyes off you for a second. And then, <laughs> Bulldog, why do you look so droopy? <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, more of the hold and bulldog is out and he starts to kind of power up a little bit then he starts to lose it and then we get more pulling from triple h in china and eventually earl hebner just calls the match and you can see sean mouthing to hebner just like fucking call it come on man yeah like uh it's over bing 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 let's go to the audio here um from sean michaels after the match this is yeah this is what was talked about in the book earlier, but yeah. Yeah. To hear it from the horse's mouth. Jack. I want you to take a look at your champions and then take a look at the new Grand Slam winner. Hart family, this is for you and Diana Smith, my sweetheart. This one is especially for you, baby. Oh, no. How humiliating. This is degrading and humiliating. What are they going to do to him? Take a look, Hart family. Come on. What are they going to do to him now? Diana looking on it. The Bulldog sister. The Bulldog oh, Not again. Scream for your country, Bulldogs. Scream for your country. Come on. That's Bulldog's wife, Diana. Scream for your sister. Wow. Some heinous stuff. Yeah, and uh Hurt's reference to uh Diana being glowing uh upon, you know, it's not, I didn't notice that on when I was watching it earlier. Um but after reading that and reading really it, it's like, oh man, maybe she did have that little bit of Yeah. She likes she, being she, in the limelight. She she was she was enjoying her yeah. enjoying it. Maybe um, it was the spotlight, maybe it was old HBK, maybe it was a little bit of both, unfortunately. <laughs> So Shawn Michaels applies the figure four again on Bulldog, and then Diana just jumps the railing with the brace in hand. She hammers Shawn in the face with it in a way, but it's kind of, she's terrible. 
uh, China grabs her from behind and doesn't even do the death-defying lock that she did to Marlena, but no. just kind of holds her back. Yeah. Then the Heart Foundation comes out finally, yeah. and we're getting trash everywhere yeah. thrown around this ring. Big time. Uh, from the crowd. They NWO levels of trash. Yeah. So this is like an NWO moment, I believe. This is the Vince's attempt at it in a way because um the heels come out hot and they took advantage and you know it and then they say to the camera um sean says this is this is it this is us this is the team the triple threat and um triple h follows it up says the showstoppers I think you guys still got a little bit of work on the name, but yeah. you'll come up with it soon enough. They're it's not getting the triple there. threat. It's not the showstoppers. Yeah. But we'll see. We're spitballing. Yeah. But they, they reference it's them three, not yeah. Rick Rude. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't want him here. So that's it. Uh, wrap up thoughts of um, One Night Only? Yeah, One Night Only. Um, it's, you know, I wouldn't recommend watching it. Uh, there's, there is a chunk of this card after the first match up until Owen versus Vader. That's completely skippable, but everything else is like really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, solid opener. Um, and like we said before, those last, these last three matches, especially Owen and Vader, which I feel like will surprise a lot of people if they go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause they, they're given, they're given time to to really go out there and, and and put the best show that they possibly can on, and the everybody works harder. The crowd is great, and I think like it's a situation, um, you know, like we mentioned when we were we did the episode with Evan, we watched the and and last episode with Dan as well in front of the Japanese crowd. Um, even even in the UK, wrestling in front of these foreign fans where they're they don't they aren't as exposed to the product as we are over here. They, especially seeing it live. They don't get a chance to see it live multiple times a year. Yeah. They're going to be hotter. And so that makes the, that makes everybody work harder. And you could tell even on some of the more lackluster matches, like the tag matches, they're still working harder uh, than we see week in week out. So it's, it's a great show. Uh, definitely watch the last three. I would check out the opener as well. Yeah. Um, I, I second everything that you say. Um, Definitely, it's it's one of the best Bret Hart matches that you'll see towards yeah, the end of his career. For sure. Um, yeah. All right, let's go to it. Raw 226. 226. It's a big one. September 22nd, 1997. This is in Madison Square Garden, baby. Hallowed ground, and they're, not sh- they're leaning into that on this one. We open oh, up wow. with a fantastic video package uh, on WWF's history at MSG. Yeah, everything... Historical moments yeah. is what's going on. These are big moments in the WWF. They've always happened at this one key spot yeah. recently. I mean, I mean, to where we're at now, they happen in uh, certain spots of storylines. They'll take place at a certain date, and then a year later, they'll come back to that date, and another part of the storyline will go. Yeah. But uh, that's because we have a log of all these, these uh, shows now. Right. Back right. in the day, they didn't really have that, so they just picked one key area, and Madison Square Garden was that. That's Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we're here, and it's it's the most rabid fans in the world. Thanks, Vince. Yeah. He gets the greatest intro here. He's like, I'm a Madison Square. Yeah, he's freaking out. Oh, man. First out, it's the nation, and this is a first-round IC tournament title match. 
and Slaughter follows the nation closely from behind, and we get some big Rocky sucks chants. And Rocky is leading this uh, contingency right now, but uh, Farouk is still the leader uh, appropriately. Um, yeah, so Slaughter sends the nation out, and he says, you know you guys can't be out here. Guess who comes out next again for Rock's opponent? It's Ahmed. Big Woo. return. Yeah, big return here. It's a decent match, I guess. Um, we get a spine buster from Ahmed to the rock. Ahmed's hand is bleeding, and he punches the rock with the same hand. So, great way to sell it, Ahmed. Just great way <laughs> yeah. to sell it. Um, Captain Lou Albano had come out during the match, and he was taking notes. Uh, was he taking notes, or was he filling out his application for the nation? Because <laughs> that's what I'm pretty sure he was doing. I could definitely see him in there. <laughs> I could. I, I wish they would have done that. Um, the Rock slaps Ahmed in the face as he has him against the ropes, and at that moment, I was just like, "Wow, he's a perfect heel!" Like he just he got it then and there. He's like, he's got the facial reactions and everything. Um, yeah. And then we just get a Pearl River plunge out of nowhere, and one, two, three, Ahmed goes over. Wow. Uh, and he'll face Farouk next week. Ooh, that's a big one. That is a big one. Hopefully nothing happens. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Tonight, Pillman and Owen are going to have to go one-on-one for the next round of their IC tournament. Members of the Heart Foundation, yeah, one-on-one. We're going to have a big Falls Count Anywhere match between Dude Love and Triple H. Have mercy. And then Bret Hart is also going to go against Goldust. I think we've seen that before. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, European champion is here tonight, too. That's the new European champion, Shawn Michaels. Wow. Glass shatters. And yeah. Vince, the look on Vince's face when the glass shatters is like. It's a, it's a great reaction. This is where we're really getting into the era of Vince and these facial reactions on camera. Like, he knows he's a great character. Yeah, he's milking it. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Raise the eyebrows. Like, oh, my God, it's awesome. Um, Austin is not coming down the ramp. He's in the crowd. You got to find him. I'm up here, jackass. Yep. It looks a little similar to Sandman. Yeah. Yeah, very strongly reminiscent. Yeah. So let's cut to the audio here. It's 1230. <laughs> Everybody in Vince is not too keen on. He says, "Who will it be? Will it be Owen? Owen needs to watch out." Yeah, yeah, definitely Owen. Vince. Yeah, yeah. Up next, the Undertaker. <laughs> However, 
Let's go to Agent Sable. Oh, what a, what a great <laughs> advertisement this is. It's a laser tag game? You yeah. You want to go through it? Yeah, well, they're, they're selling a home laser tag uh, game for children. And, you know, I guess, how are we going to market this to children? We have, like, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of these wrestlers, a lot of top, well, maybe not a lot of top baby face wrestlers they could use. And, uh, nope. Instead of, uh, you know, breaking out some good, some good guy wrestlers to sell a laser tag, uh, they decided to use table sable. Cause you know, why not, uh, use sables tits to sell laser tag to yeah. kids. Not only do they use sable, um, yeah, we got all these talented people who, who we got somebody with sable, um, Fred who, Blassie. <laughs> we're going to have Fred Blassie and the Fink. Guys, you have you have to watch this. Yeah, it's uh, it's the best that they could do. They, uh, I'm just really surprised that they didn't put the markers for the laser tag on her nipples. <laughs> they probably wanted to. They probably just didn't get away with that if one. This was 2001, yeah. 2002, bro. For yeah, sure, definitely. Um, <clears throat> so that's interesting. Laser tag game. I don't know. I definitely was big into laser tag at the time, but um, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I didn't get that game. Nah. Then we get a recap of Shawn Michaels and Bulldog, and they bring up Bulldog's cancer-stricken sister again. Really, a little salt hammering that. A little home. salt in the wound there, yeah. <clears throat> then we get Undertaker out, and Vince interviews Undertaker in the ring about bad blood, and he adds that Hell in a Cell will also be a match that the winner will go on to face the WWF champion, whoever that will be at Survivor Series. Hmm. Whoa. Yeah. That's a big one. Interesting that he says whomever that will be when Brett doesn't have any title defenses scheduled. Yeah. Thanks, Brett. Um, Nobody comes from the top. Nobody comes from the bottom of this cage. There's only one way in and out. So, um, that's that's what you got going on here. Yeah. Way to hammer it home, Vince. Uh, Undertaker grabs the mic and he cuts a promo about the Reaper coming for Bret Hart. And Shawn Michael has hell to pay. And Shawn Michael's corpse will rot in damnation. Yeah. And then Shawn comes out. The Re- One quick thing, though. The Reaper is uh, coming for Bret, but who will uh, Bret's Reaper be? Yes. Uh, very good. Uh, and... Uh, so, yeah, Sean interrupts, and he comes out. Let's cut to this audio. Now, is it my imagination, or is the World Wrestling Federation once again trying to give the heartbreak kid the shaft? First, you stick me at SummerSlam in a no-win situation as a special referee, and I do my job, and everybody comes down on HBK. Then, you try to stick me in a match with The Undertaker in the hopes that he can bury me alive. Now, you stick me in a cage with death itself and then conveniently decide that after that, the winner of that match will get a shot at the WWF champion. Why didn't you just ask him? Why don't you just 
give him a WWF Championship match. I mean, just because I'm the only man in the World Wrestling Federation to hold every title in the World Wrestling Federation, you still got the nerve to ask me to earn it? You know who the hell I am! Deadman, I got news for you. Unless you are a real hot mama, which you ain't, I do not lay down for anybody. And the heartbreak kid is looking for a garden party, my friend. And HBK is in the house. And I got news for you, pal. Cell, the heartbreak kid is gonna do what he always does, and that's be one step ahead of you, one step ahead of you, and one step ahead of each and every one of you. Undertaker at Hell in the Cell, I will bring the pain, and Dead Man, all you got to do is show up. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a big one. Obviously, the line that sticks out there is in hopes that he would, that Taker would bury me alive. And, uh, you know, you got to wonder, like, the, uh, you know, with with Taker carrying so much weight backstage in terms of being a leader, uh, you know, I think that I feel like the pun was, was very, very much intended in terms of uh, Sean being buried. Yeah. And I think going back to even the promo before that we heard where he said that you guys sent me into a match with literal death. Yeah. Basically saying that wrestling a match with The Undertaker is a death sentence because it's a monster match or this slow, vicarious thing. It's not, it's not a Shawn Michaels match. But we'll see how he you know, adjust to that in the hell in the cell, because I think Sean is like, you know what? If I'm getting the death sentence, if I'm, they're going to bury me out here. Yeah. I'm going to fucking flop and fly. Yeah. And whew. I got news for you, Jack. He does. He does. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that goes hand in hand with it. I think that was part of the mentality of Sean Michaels at the time. Definitely. I know you want me <sighs> right she's after Sean. again. She's back. Yeah. yeah. It's sunny out to announce uh, not a midget match this time, not a lightweight division match, but uh, intros the LOD. Yeah. And then the nation members, Kama and Farouk. Yep. All right. Cool. Nice little tag match that we're going to be seeing. No. No. It's a nothing match. Um, Hawk gets a neckbreaker on Farouk. Then we get two clotheslines to Farouk. And then we set up for a doomsday device. D'Lo and Rocky come out for the beatdown. And we get bells and refs. And Ahmed comes down for the save with a bandage on his hand. And he immediately starts striking with the same bandage hand. Come on, Ahmed. Yeah. Uh, They fight them a bit. And then the nation takes control. And the refs are out. And we're out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's it. Up next, Owen and Pillman. Woo! But we get a recap of October 17th, 1983. 
Superfly Snooka jumping off the steel cage in Madison Square Garden on top of Don Morocco. Right, in front of the impressionable eyes of Mrs. Foley's baby boy. Yeah. So we get a replay of what just happened and what has been going on, and uh, Owen comes out with police. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Is this also the, is this the first time that he's uh, used his new theme? Or is yeah, he, I think yeah, so. Yeah. I, th- I was thinking the same, too. I was like, wow, that's that's a new theme. Yeah, that would eventually be his, his nugget theme, too, <laughs> just without the soundbite in front of it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's, I like it's not as good as his original. I mean, that's always going to have a place in my heart. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's it's a new theme for Owen, coming out with uh, some, some of uh, New York's finest. Yeah. And uh, Pillman comes out with Marlena, and they're on day 16 of their excavates. Day 16. Yeah, escapades, sorry. Yeah, and um, uh, she's out with a leather top and a leather skirt and a choker. Looks totally normal if she was in 2017 at a nightclub. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 1997, this is a little... A little bit risky. more a little bit more impact, yeah. Yeah, so we get a up-the-skirt underwear shot, of course. Thank you, Kevin Dunn. Thank you, Kevin. Um, October 6th. Gold Dust and Marlena will be reunited, and guess what they're going to do on that day? What? Renew their vows. Aww. That's so sweet. So we have a makeup from from all this this innocence of a family lost. Yeah. Um, Pillman says while Gold Dust was reading his little daughter, Three Little Pigs, uh, he had Marlena squealing like a pig. Yeah. So uncomfortable. Vince tries to cover that up right away. Then when he had her go for the last position, he slipped and hurt his arm. So his arm's in a sling. He's all messed up. And Owen's going to have to take the win. And he says, Owen, I'm going to have to forfeit. This is the greatest acting between the two of them. I love guys. Owen in this. Yeah. Well, you got to do what you got to yeah. do. Owen says, I'll take the win. It's a hard-fought victory, but yeah. Yeah. And Slaughter comes out and questions Pillman's arm. He says, I haven't had a doctor note, x-ray, anything like that. And he says, think fast, and throws the mic, and Pillman catches the mic with his bad hand. It's a nice little spot. Yeah. And uh, Slaughter says, you know what? They have to wrestle each other, or they will never wrestle again. Yeah. It's pretty pretty harsh punishment, but, you know, it's, that's what Slaughter's all about. Yeah. This That's match at the beginning is hilarious. Yeah. I love this. It's like the slow and steady, like wrist lock, back, headlock, drop down, over, yeah. one, two, kick out. It's so great. Owen, um, I've heard stories of Owen throughout the years who would be known to like um, go out on house shows and work the worst possible match he could possibly work just to just to pop the boys. So I think we this is like probably the best window into that that we got is this uh, – this exchange with Pillman here. Yeah. Nobody would ever steal this idea. No, no. For the European championship in a couple of months. Yeah. They? Oh, no. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. No, nobody would ever steal that idea. No. <clears throat> so we go to a commercial and it's for a Stridex playing cards. Oh man. Well, Six top WWE. They were collectible and you had to get them in your container of Stridex. If yeah, I'm so not mistaken. Buy every yeah. one and 
hope that you would get a different car. Yeah. Otherwise, you had to get another pack of yeah. Stratics or eat more fries and soda and everything. Yeah. And I was I was ten years old, so I didn't need Stratex. I would <laughs> badly in a very short amount of time. But I remember like. Like I, like, I don't know if I actually asked my mom for Stridex, but I thought about it. Like, I, I wanted the, I wanted the cards. Yeah. Um, back from the break, and Marlena had tried to hit Owen with the purse, and Owen stopped her. And then him and Pillman are face to face, and they're having a disagreement. So he, Owen just hammers on Pillman, and now it's down to a real match between them. Yep. And they do a beautiful double cross body crash and collide. Yeah. Um, this is a. Pillman spot that he does a couple times in WCW, but uh, yeah, I love it. Um, Goldust comes out and interferes in the match and causes a DQ, and refs and the agents come out and the bells ring, and Pillman runs off with Marlena. Damn, so close, Goldust. Yeah. Chases him up the ramp, and that's it. Tough one, but Owen gets on the mic and he says, You know, it was a hard fought battle, but I did it, and I'm in the finals of the IC tournament, and I want to thank my loving brother, Brett. I love it. It never gets old. <laughs> Every time he does that, it just makes me laugh so much. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Austin attacks him from behind and gets this huge pop. And the cops corner Austin with Billy Clubs. And Vince says, no, no, wait a minute. And he gets on the mic and he gets into the ring. And he's like, what the hell's the matter with you? And let's let's cut to this audio. Like, what? Vince yeah. is separating this whole incident. Like, Yeah, telling the cops what to do. Let's go to it. No, no, no. No, no. Yes. Let him arrest him. No, wait a minute. Oh, no. Oh, wait a minute. That's assault battery, Ross. He assaulted a police officer. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? Get a hold of yourself. Arresting. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Man, he thinks he can fix anything, Ross. Well, these, these police officers are taking Austin to what jail. What is the matter with you? Violated the restraining order. Take him to jail. He assaulted the police, too. You had to forfeit the Intercontinental title, the tag team title. Of course, everybody can understand why you're upset. They can understand you being upset not being able to compete. They can understand that. But don't break the law. He already did. Uh, uh, look at this. Stone Cold's not going to win this fight with New York City's finest. Don't you understand? Don't you understand why you're not allowed to compete? You can't get that through your head. Don't you know why? Don't you know that you're not physically able to compete? Your doctors say you're not ready. If you compete, you can injure yourself for good. You can, you can wind up paralyzed. That'd be good. And the WWF is not going to stand by and let you do that to yourself. These people don't want you to wind up in a wheelchair. see you compete everybody wants to see you compete but in due time steve in due time 
Listen to McMahon. Get the violins Get a hold of yourself. Telling the truth. Makes all the sense in the world. Hey, you better be talking to those guys over there. I say put him in the slammer. Listen. Don't you know people care in the World Wrestling Federation? We care. They care. They care about you. That's all it is. And you just got to go with it. In other words, in other words, you simply, you got to work within the system. That's all you got to do. It's simply an work within the system. You know as well as I do that this is what I do for a living. This is all that I do, and can't nobody tell I, I ain't the best in the damn world. Don't even say nothing. Don't say nothing. Sit here and tell me to work within the system. You ain't the one sitting on your ass at the house like I am. But if, it's that, if that's what it takes to make you or the World Wrestling Federation happy, Hell, I feel like Cool Hand Luke. I'll work within your stupid little system. That's all these people ask. I appreciate the fact that you and the World Wrestling Federation care. And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. Just like that. That's awesome. We're in a new yeah. era. Yep. If the if the attitude era were the proverbial gobbledygooker hatching out of the egg, I think this if you put if you want to pinpoint one moment, this is this is what kicks off the attitude era. I mean, really everything from SummerSlam and to this period has been moving parts, gears, uh new people coming in, new characters developing, or the characters getting different uh layers thrown on them and uh yeah this is it this is the bam yeah the actual sound of the gunshot going off that you recognize absolutely um austin gets cuffed and he flicks off vince while he's uh, cuffed and escorted up the ramp by yeah. police. This is awesome. The also, crowd he, is going wild. Yeah, and we can't uh, we can't go without mentioning Vince's sell of the stunner. It's horrible. It's so bad, but it's it's classic. Could it have hurt cool. himself. Yeah, like he, just he falls straight, chin, chest first over. No protective yeah. knee fall. Or no, anything. no. I don't think he's ever taken a bump. No, and he's he's convulsing. Voluntarily, involuntarily, you can't yeah. you can't really tell. <laughs> Just the the expression on his face is it's classic. 
That's actually one thing that I'm at, I'm wondering now. Who the fuck trained Vince? I mean, I'm sure Pat and Gerald, but yeah. two of the best. But yeah. yeah, who else had a hand in getting them ready? That's yeah, yeah, interesting. Jr. says you have to believe that Austin is fired, known his way to jail, and we get a recap of the life and memory of Dick the Bulldog Brower. I have no idea who. Yeah, that was. I was not familiar with him. Uh, legend of of some sort. Assuming he wrestled Madison Square Garden. Uh, then we enter the war zone officially. Yes. Yeah. JR and Jerry are talking about the Austin um, incident and him assaulting McMahon. And there's a huge set of distractions right behind them. Um, I was distracted just for a little bit. And they go to moments ago where Austin stunned Vince. This is awesome. And they replay that stunner about three or four times in a row. Yeah. Just really sinking that in. Yeah. There. Like if you switched over from WCW at 10 o'clock, like. Bow, 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 yeah, bow. Stunner, exactly. stunner, stunner. Yeah. Um, the crowd is chanting for Austin. They're really hot for yeah. this. Um, Triple H is out first for the Falls Count Anywhere match between Dude Love. And Jerry is shown trying to interview that huge distraction that I talked about earlier. <laughs> Uh, ringside and we get some test technical difficulties and jerry gets a different mic and then he's next to ronda sheer from up all night yeah. that's who that is i never watched that show i heard about it all the time yeah, but, uh, yeah. i've seen a little bit of it she says i can drop kick you and slam you but i'd rather keep you up all night that was certainly her. nobody's gonna steal that either that was her line yeah <laughs> but you know they up all night yeah. oh yeah Who's yeah. going to steal that? Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Two pivotal things on this show that get hijacked. Uh, Dude Love is on the Titan Tron and he says, Falls Count Anywhere isn't really his bag, baby. No. But he knows somebody whose bag it is. And he may be a man who he knows. He's a kind man. And Mankind comes <laughs> on the screen. Mankind comes out and it's a split screen between him and Dude Love. This is awesome. It's pretty cool. I yeah. remember marking out big time over this. Mankind says that as much as he'd love to destroy Triple H, he knows someone who would enjoy it way more. And guess who that is? Bang, bang. Cactus Jack, baby. And it's Madison Square Garden. And Mrs. Foley's little boy has come home. Wow. This is huge. Jack's cat. Jack this cack. Yeah, Jack that cack. Uh, Jack does a cack. <laughs> Cactus Jack comes out. This is big. This is the first notice of um, Cactus Jack in WWF, right? Yeah, absolutely. And he was a WCW and ECW star. Yep. So um, this is big for Vince taking a step saying, all right, I'll take somebody else's creation and I'll fucking use it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's... It's huge. I mean, uh, you didn't see some stuff like this before, where Vince is you know, bringing in you know previously used characters, um, and just adds another dimension to like this legend of Foley, the third face of Foley. Yeah. Um, bang bang, he's back, and we get a ECW chant, which my notes I put down, and it's at DCW. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, we get a swinging neck breaker. To Triple H on the floor, um, and it's this is a, a wonderful match. You have to watch this. Yeah, this great brawl. These guys yeah. have a great match here. Um, 
China goes to hit Cactus with the chair and Triple H hits Cactus from behind and they collide. Um, Cactus basically crushes China onto the steel stairs and the refs are like checking on her. This looks like a big devastating spot, but it's something to get her out of the mix finally. Yep. Um, Back suplex from Triple H to Cactus up the ramp as they work their way near the Titantron. Triple H hammers Cactus with a trash can and he pounds him in the head a couple times. It's really hard. Yeah. Uh, pins him. One, two, no. Then Triple H grabs a snow shovel. His fucking favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, the signature snow shovel that he would be known for in years to come. He hits Cactus on the back with it and then just goes behind the curtain. He's like, we get a bit of a stall because I guess he couldn't get his prop ready. And Cactus goes outside of the uh, curtain and he gets slammed right on the back of his head to the ramp. This is like a, like, I think sometimes people just take, took liberties with uh, Mick because he would take those bumps. But it's like, wow. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate for sure. And I think, you know, obviously years to come, he would have some matches with The Rock that are just hard to watch like yeah um but yeah you're right guys would you know sort of take advantage of that yeah so um triple h finally gets his prop out and it's a big huge table uh this is like a wooden table this is not a regular we spoke of dcw this reminded me of a dcw table yeah um he pulls the table out and he goes for a pedigree onto the table to cactus and cactus uh flips out of it and Gets a huge, huge pile driver to Triple H on to the table. It breaks beautifully, like the way that it broke. It yeah, was just like, it's yeah, perfect. It's awesome. One, two, three, Cactus Jack wins. Hell yeah. All right, next uh, bit, we get a Karate Fighters presents Survivor Series Super Summer. Super Supper. Sorry, what, Kobe? Say it again. Fuck. It's Survivor Almost. Series Super Supper Sweepstakes. Damn. Survivor Series Super Sub Sweepstakes. Yeah. And they try to get people to say that five times fast, but uh yeah. As you see, it's not that it's not that fluid. And then we get a recap of WrestleMania one, March thirty first, nineteen eighty five. Andre slams Big John Stud. Yeah. And he gets a bag of money, starts throwing it to the crowd, and then Heenan just grabs the bag of money Love and it. runs off. Classic Cla- Bobby Heenan. Great, great stuff. Um, then we get another recap of the stunner from earlier, as my phone says the stoner. Um, we're back from another commercial break, and Jerry says, Good news is, we might get rid, rid of two birds with one stone. One being the motor mouth, Vince McMahon, and the other being Stone Cold. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, yeah, those two were never heard from after tonight. <laughs> motor mouth, Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, we get another recap of the one night only part, and then we get Sean coming out. And let's cut to this audio. Mine is, Shawn Michaels has done it all. No other... Uh, wait a minute. Well, Michaels is a new European champion. He's that all right. And I think he's coming out here. Well, we weren't prepared for this. Shawn Michaels with a live mic. What's happening, New York City? And a chair. And now it's time for the headliner himself, the Heartbreak Kid, Sean Michaels. 
Undertaker is here. We know that. The Undertaker is here. Look at this guy. He never goes on vacation because he's on a permanent ego trip. stuff there building up for that hell in the cell like we said definitely ah just sean is awesome at this time yeah triple h comes out from 
from behind and he's got a bandage on his head and Shawn Michaels whacks the taker from behind with the chair and they get the beat down on Undertaker and Rick Rude and China comes down and they scare off a fan and Rick Rude takes a shot with the chair to the Undertaker. He's uh these guys are nailing it in. So yeah. Undertaker came down to try to split him up, but it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. Yeah. The next match, it's Gold Dust and Bret Hart. And they have a match. They do, and it's not a bad match. No, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, Bret Hart goes off the top rope and catches the leg before he got a boot in the face, and he turns that into a sharpshooter and ring the damn bell. Ring. Earl Hebner yep. is quick to ring that bell. Uh, Shawn Michaels runs out immediately and hammers Bret from behind, and they go out in fisticuffs, and Helmsley comes out with a bandage again and he comes from behind china comes out owen hart comes out and then bulldog comes out limping he's like i'm still fuck fucking selling it <laughs> and uh he's in sweatpants so you know he was in the back rick rude comes out and then we get a decent pop for Nightheart. yeah who could, returns he's been missing an action going back to august yeah and then we get a even bigger pop for the returning Undertaker coming down. And uh, Undertaker, Bret Hart, and Shawn Michaels are the last three in the ring slugging it out. Undertaker turns towards Bret and Shawn. Shawn and Bret notice the Undertaker, and we get a double choke slam from the Undertaker yeah. to Bret and Shawn, and then we go off the air. Taker's on fire. He's it's the last building. one standing. And let me ask you this. Yeah. <clears throat> if it were not Austin being injured, don't you think it would be Austin taking them both out right now? Storyline-wise? Uh, or not yet? I don't know. I mean, maybe. It's it's just, it's hard to tell. I mean, I could certainly see that possibly happening. That I position think, should have belonged to Stone Cold in my, in my storyline book. Yeah. You, you would have Stone Cold taking them both, both Brett and Sean out, you know, en route yeah. to, you know, working with uh, Sean some more. Yeah. Um, I can see that, but still, I mean, Undertaker's in this game. He's he's got to yeah. go against Sean at Bad Blood coming up October fifth. Yeah. So and oh, by the way, that that uh, nice Southern gentleman uh, who had been screaming at us about Kane, he's been missing the last couple of weeks. I yeah, wonder what the hell is going on. Yeah. Where is he? I wonder if anything's going to come of that, or if he's so. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah. we got one more show yeah. until Bad Blood. And that'll be the go home. We'll see if Paul Bear even shows his face or yeah. if anything's going on. But nonetheless, the winner of this Hell in the Cell match goes on to face the WWF champion. That's awesome. That's going to be at Survivor Series. High stakes, yeah. Big stakes right there. Yeah. Things are heating up um, realistically and fictionally as well. Um, we got a lot of stuff that we just covered in this episode. One more thing. In Bret Hart's book. Yes. Let's go over this. Two days later, on September 22nd at Raw Madison Square Garden, I was summoned to Vince's office for a private chat. He rocked me with the news that he wasn't just thinking of breaching the terms of my contract, but was actually going to do it. In the weeks ahead, he wasn't going to pay me my full salary because of problems he attributed to Ted Turner. He told me that I was the Cal Ripken of the WWF and that he fully intended to pay me what he owed me on the back end of my 20-year deal instead. You'll get, you'll still get every penny, he declared. In a fatherly tone, 
He then confided, I have no problem with you if you want to see what WCW will make you the same deal as before. I hear that Hogan is finishing up there soon. Your timing couldn't be more perfect. He went on to say that if I left, I would actually be doing him a favor because he was about to downsize into the Northeastern U.S. promotion. Because of my four... Because of my 14 years of loyal service, he said he wanted to give me the opportunity to be able to approach WCW before everyone else did. Since he'd be letting a lot of wrestlers go, he described me as the first guy in the lifeboat. You don't even have to drop the belt if you don't want to. You hold all the cards. He even said that he would secretly help me negotiate my deal if I wanted to. His final words to me were that he'd see whether he could find the money somewhere to pay me, but for now I shouldn't breathe a word to anybody. If the news leaked out that Vince was in trouble, it would hurt my chances with Bischoff. Hurt my chances? I questioned. I was so stunned by how many promises he broke in one short conversation that I didn't know what to reply. I worked raw like a zombie. New York had always been my best American town. My loyal following of fans couldn't bring themselves to hate me like I had hated everyone else there. Everywhere else. Sorry. I feared having to sue Vince over my contract, and also feared that WCW wouldn't want to pay me as much since I had turned them down the last time. My worries were only compounded by the disgust as Hunter and Sean told me that they wanted to call... They, they wanted me to call them gay in my interview, like a true homophobe. On the mic that night, Hunter referred to the business as a cheap whore with her legs spread wide apart, and he was right, but this was still supposed to be a kid show. Pat Patterson, back from the break, had Steve Lombardi win a battle royal, so Lombardi could face me for the title in the garden on November 15th. Steve was a veteran jobber, but Pat thought it would be different to let the real dark horse win and have a shot for once. I said, it's your most important market. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. Davey wasn't working. He complained that he'd hurt his knee in the title match with Sean. It's fucking fake, Debbie. But I thought what was really hurt was the Bulldogs' pride. I had a dark match that night with Taker and Sean. He was professional and pleasant. And I tried to relax and take all the time I take and take all of this one step at a time. And we'll catch up from there. Wow. Big words. Bombshell. Um, These are the seeds that are planted. This is everything that's going into this Montreal screw job. Um, Whether you want to believe it's a work, whether you want to believe it's a shoot, whether you want to believe certain parts are works or shoots, uh, it's, it's all there for you. Yeah. You can dissect it yourself, but um, he's letting him know that he can do whatever he wants, <clears throat> but he's not going to be able to uphold that contract and he can go to WCW. So he's helping him out. He's also helping himself out. Yeah. But he's also saying that he's going to downsize the company, which is bullshit. Because Total bullshit. just recently he told Brett that, that the next six months are the most important months of the company. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, you're lying. So you want to move on, but you don't want Brett in the picture. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, this is a safe way for Brett to put it that he has no um, place in this whole job or anything. He, yeah. He, he, he was a blind eye, but Brett's a veteran. 
Um, if he's writing this much about it and then he couldn't see it then, I, I, I have some questions. But still, it's a crazy story. Definitely. And uh, yeah, I, I, you make a very good point there. Like, Brett is as smart as they come when it comes to wrestling. But then again, these that, that blind spot that he has is, you know, for Vince, for that that father figure, that second father figure, um, so it's it's a lot to unpack. It's very interesting, but uh, putting yourself in Brad's shoes at the time, you have you have to wonder what you know what his true intentions are. Yeah, um, and we'll see it all unfold next episode. We're going to cover two twenty seven episode of Raw, then the twenty year anniversary of Hell in a Cell. Yes. Bad blood. Call it what you must. <laughs> and uh, then we're going to follow up with the Fallout Show 228 of of Raw. And uh, we're here. It's the origin of Attitude. This is the fucking climax yeah. coming up. We are, I mean, G1 climax passed and then NJPW, but we are here um, with WWF 1997 storyline of Retromania is going to climax in about a month or so. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, these things are all building up. I'm going to have a special episode where uh, I'm featuring some audio from certain wrestlers that view their standpoints of the Montreal uh, match. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So join Stay us. Stay tuned, guys. Yeah. Shit is heating up. Thanks for sticking around with us. This has been an action packed episode, fully loaded. Um, not yet, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, one night only we just recorded we this. recorded this in one night only yeah, yeah. and uh you'll enjoy it for a day or so if you want yeah just break it up as you know you know depending on what your commute is you yeah. Know? yeah yeah this exactly. could get you through a few days we're here for you yeah and we'll be back i'm gonna be taking a trip to la but uh we're gonna try to bust out another episode before then but if not we'll be back this month um uh, in about a week or so um on the origin Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood, Kobe Nida, Hollywood, Kobe Nida coming in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. They All can right. reach you as always on Twitter at Jimmy, Jimmy underscore Price. Yep, and you can reach us on Facebook at Retromania with the W and Retromania Podcast at Gmail dot com. Right into us mm-hmm. and uh, stay classy. Thanks, guys. Thanks. It's good stuff. Get into it. <laughs>